and welcome to episode 140 of the Game Central podcast. I'm your host Gareth, joined by my co-host Dave. Hello. Hello. Find all our episodes past, present and future on gamebanter.co.uk or on iTunes or on Spotify or on everything you ever want to listen to a podcast on. Uh, yeah. Dave. How are yeah, you? really good. Really good. Um, currently not working, which is lovely. Um, so I've just been playing games. Not not due to some tragedy. You you work in a school. No 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 no. I work in a school and they're they're not in. They're not working this week. You know because we have these lovely holidays given to us. Um, but yet still people still think that you know it's a privilege, despite the fact that we get given our holidays, which is a curse and a blessing. <laughs> Because one, it's great to know that my holidays are coming every single six to seven weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a curse to know that everyone else who has children is also taking those holidays. Uh, so therefore, anywhere I want to go, it's going to be for the screaming kids. So you know. I mean, you could always quit. I know, but I also really enjoy my job. So <laughs> you know. Yeah, you can't win them all. Pros and cons. Can't yeah. win them all. But yeah, it's been good actually. I quite like sitting at home with the dog playing PlayStation. That sounds pretty nice, actually. Yeah, you know. Um, spent the weekend in London, Ooh. visiting family, um, and I've got a news story, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to the news. Oh wow! So like drop this on you. I just okay. thought of it was having that Wii. <laughs> then I'm sure it's gold, like the Wii. <laughs> like the Wii. How are you anyway, go? I am not too bad, Dave. I've been eating healthier. I've been going to the gym more. I've been cutting down on what I eat. So I feel like nice. pretty soon I might be the thin one of us. There we go. Yeah. To be fair, the way I'm going, I am eating, obviously, half-term playing games. You go back to being a student. So I'm literally <laughs> just eating whatever is in the fridge. Man, I'm jealous. So you don't sit there and just go, I'm going to plan a meal. You know, I'm going to make lunch. No, I'm just going to eat that full galaxy bar I'm just going to eat whatever that shit that we had last night is you know <laughs> that would do like, you're literally living the dream yeah literally but then the counter to that is I now feel fat so ah, don't worry about it mate it only makes you be fat for years and regret <laughs> don't worry mate you're only going to regret it for the rest of your life yeah uh, so Dave I happen to know that you've been playing a certain game this week uh, yeah, I have. And it will form the basis of our feature this week. Indeed. In which we discuss The Last of Us from 2013. Yes. Uh, I'm also going to make this episode's music segment, uh, music from The Last of Us. So it's going to have a bit of a Last of Us theme this week. Yes. To it's, carry us yeah. through. Um, but before we get to The Last of Us, actually, I have a quick thing that tickled me today. Okay, yeah. Quick caveat before we get into the did you knows yeah you know in darts when they get a 180 right yes and the guy was like 180 like it's literally like he's won the lottery yeah well we're on episode 140 right <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched darts yeah and well, they always yeah they always build it up and then they go disappointed yeah. it depends on what commentator you've got yeah so for <laughs> it's always 140 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yes, I know the exact commentator you're on about who always over exaggerates the forty, and he goes a bit naughty with it, like he's a nineties DJ. Yeah. He's like, 140. It's like, it's, he's it's like, like, oh, I thought it was going to be 180. Oh, and he's like, down. It's almost right, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's almost like he was saying it before the third dart was thrown. 140. Fucking knobhead. 140. <laughs> Missed it, mate. You fucked it. And then 160 is a bit like, 160. Mm, yeah, like, you're still getting, getting there. You said there's a 60. Ooh. Close <laughs> on there. Well done. Tactics, what? that one. <laughs> but we're only up to the uh, the sort of lacklustre 140 exactly a cheeky 40 so I apologise but that came into my head so I, yeah exactly out. no, no it's, it's a good caveat tickles me I like the uh, darts commentator who sounds like and I think this is a professional choice that he made to chew and smoke about 150 cigarettes a day Oof. he's got the raspiest voice in the world he's like he's got my god stop smoking you've got no esophagus left (laughs) well maybe someone will hit him in the throat with a dart and clear if only but yeah a nice uh, dart segue if only we had one into the did you knows did you know So as we do each week, really? every episode, when I say, I keep saying week as if we're a consistent podcast. Do you love that? It's a shame. Do you love that? It's just, it's just shocking. We're, anyway, we're getting better. We are getting much better, I'll be honest, but I need to get out the fact, because even if we were the most consistent podcast in the world, because of the things that we do on this podcast, it would not be weekly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't be the most consistent podcast in the world and the best at the same time. Precisely. It's one That's or the other. That's what I was trying to say. It is one or the other. You yeah. know, it's a quantity over quality. No, it's quality <laughs> over quantity. I always get those two mixed up. Should we just... Let's just do quantity over quality. Let's just put out 20-minute shit podcasts every day. <laughs> Go on. Anyway small caveat as always uh, but as we do every episode we are going to run through a couple of facts about gaming so we have spent the past I'd say five minutes searching up super interesting facts about games which you did not know and then also we enlighten our dearest audience member um, of facts about ourselves and I must be honest I um, I forgot about this fact about you I'm glad I remembered it so it's going to be one of those facts alright well um, hit me with it hit me with your right. interesting video game facts Dave I want to be interesting wowed interesting video game facts ok I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a fact about memory ok ok not to absolutely bore the tits of you but this actually did interest me a little bit uh, so did you know Gareth that the Sega Saturn was the first game console to ship with internal memory it allowed players to save up to six games on the system's RAM. Wait, uh, like saved games or actual? Yeah, like saved games. So an actual no, so an actual progress save. Right. Okay. So not as in I download it from the cartridge save. Yeah. I yeah. mean, as in like you know progress save. So they were allowed to save six games because the RAM could only hold 32 kilobytes worth of data. <laughs> 32 Christ. kilobytes on the RAM. 
okay um but yeah i would like to know i, I couldn't find a list of the sega saturn games which actually allowed you to save because obviously games back then it was rare that a console would allow you to save so um they used, to, they used to dish out codes, didn't they? Like level codes. Wasn't that like PlayStation era though? Yeah. Like it was Sega PlayStation Saturn. N64 era, right? Was Sega Saturn? Oh, I keep, oh, I keep getting them fucking mixed up. I What's could be wrong. Saturn? No, I think because Sega Saturn, Sega was one of those consoles that had a different name depending on what fucking country it came out in. Yeah, the Genesis in America was the. Was the system? Mega Drive or the oh, Master Jesus. System? Yeah, this is what I mean. Uh, this, is, this is why Sega no longer makes consoles. 94, so you're right, actually. Well, that's so, crazy, because memory cards were huge business. If you bought a PlayStation, you had massive. to own, like, four memory cards. Yeah, this is it, yeah. I remember. I remember memory cards being huge, um, like, hugely expensive as well. Like, you're talking, like, I remember we had one of those, for our PlayStation 1, we had a multi-card memory card. So it was one card, but it had multiple slots on it. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you'll be like... Like you, before you plugged it in, you would have to select what memory card you wanted it to read from, and you had four memory cards in that one card. So you'll be like, right, all my save games were on memory card three because I had two off brothers. So obviously, memory card one was one brother, memory card two was the second brother, memory card three was me, and then memory card four was like joint games, the two-player games that we used to play together we used okay. to be on joint four. So I remember having to switch through it, but that cost us no joke about sixty quid. <laughs> like no joke we'd have to put together all of our Christmas and birthday money to buy this thing like it was so fucking expensive um sorry yeah the Sega was the Saturn was released in 94 and 95 so we are talking about just before the Playstation okay so yeah there we go interesting fact interesting fact from Dave and here's an interesting fact from not Dave. Uh, in the no, Jap- okay, not Dave. <laughs> in, in the Japanese version of Super Mario Kart, Bowser and Peach celebrate winning a race by drinking alcohol. No way. Yep, there's a little screenshot here of Bowser. Bowser's just tipping the entire bottle of champagne just into his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> what was this? Say the year again. What is it? Um, the Super Jap- Mario Kart, but the Japanese version. And it's only Bowser and Peach, apparently. Um, Bowser's just shoving it right down his throat, but Peach is like sucking on it, and she's like red in the face. Oh my like god! She's yeah, drunk. she's going. He's going ham for that. Yeah. Yeah, and she's yeah. That she looks, looks quite, like that she's about to do something very naughty to it. Oh, that's what I mean. And and the red face, she looks quite. Yeah. Hentai. She quite does. Hentai. You know, and quite... then, uh, to be fair, Bowser don't look much better with it dribbling down his chin. Oh yeah, but, um, but my god, considering the family-friendly Nintendo <laughs> that we know nowadays, the... yeah, yeah. That's just quite... imagine, like, yeah, oh, that's amazing. Just imagine Bowser now, like, when he wins the game in, like, you know, what the new Mario Kart, just smashing, smashing some vodka down his neck, <laughs> Parastella. <laughs> it's going, it's going crazy, boy. <laughs> I would enjoy that. Uh, 
I would I would definitely enjoy that. Oh no. Why why don't we do drink in game anymore? You know, this is what needs to happen. We need to do celebrations like genuine. Uh I can't remember the last time I had to celebrate anything, so <laughs> can't remember the last time I actually won something. <laughs> well apart from this. Uh, obviously. So, this is your fact. I'd, I'd, I'd count this as winning. You kept this a secret, I'll be honest. This, this fact found about me that is a fact yeah. and 100% Which true. is a genuine 100% true fact. Okay, which people, if I'm honest, are going to struggle to authenticate. But did you know that Gareth has recently used his voice acting skills in the up-and-coming Elder Scrolls game? Okay, well that's and, embargoed, and we, Dave, actually. And we keep saying, yeah, that this podcast doesn't get doesn't get us anywhere but come on okay you can't obviously reveal the name of it it's just called Elder Scrolls Elder Scrolls 6 at the minute um, but I believe you know, the name's already out there I believe the name is yeah but it's, it's, it's still classed as a rumour is it? they yeah, still they according show it to on them, stage yeah I know Ooh. like people are still like all the news see I didn't want to say the name because uh, all, all the like so from GameSpot all the way down to say like even some Reddit posts they were saying oh but this might be a rumour it might be a double bluff they might not have told us what it is they might change the name they did this in the past did they? <laughs> anyway do you want to tell our our glorious audience what your um, what your voice acting skills will be used for? Uh, I guess I might as well yeah I'm going to be playing a high elf uh, which normally they're very like distinguished <laughs> But I'll be playing like sort of a scummy high elf. I'm I'm in a side quest. It's not like a massive part, but yeah, I, I have a few lines. I have a few. I, you know, I'm not a professional, so it took me a few takes. But I think I, yeah. I got there in the end. Did they do it just at home? Did they bring you into a studio? Um, you know, tell us if you can a little bit about you know the recording process. It, it always interests me. Yeah. So they got me. They hired a booth in a recording studio in Manchester, which I'd never been to. It's kind of mm. just outside the city centre, kind of awkward to get to, like a yeah, walk. It's all, yeah, it's always one of those fucking places. And I thought it was going to be all glamorous, but it was actually just some guy there who had been told to record some lines. It wasn't like the head of... Yeah, exactly. Fucking head Bethesda of was there. Chilling with you. Yeah. It, it, you know, it was a, a bucket list thing. It's not a big deal. Mm. Uh, just... Just keep an ear out for the uh, saucy Northern high twangs. elf. Northern twangs. Twat, did you say? No, Northern twangs. Oh, Jesus I said. God, I didn't call you Northern twat. I mean, <laughs> come whatever you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Just don't call me not in the Elder Scrolls Six, because I am. Exactly. Because that's a fact that it I'm is. looking forward to everyone to verify in a couple of years when and, this game comes out. And I sincerely hope they don't uh, sue you and I giving out this information I hope so too I don't think we could actually afford it yeah maybe yeah. well my fact about you Dave it's not quite as high profile uh, just a little known fact uh, about Dave is that Dave is colourblind but only for the colour green indeed yeah and I would like to know what ways that affects your day to day life Dave because we all know you're married you have a your own house you have a dog but I want to hear about how Colour blindness has affected your life negatively well, or positively. I think, it, I think it's one of those things where you you, you honestly don't realise um, 
that you're colorblind until other people tell you a color. Right. And you're just like, yeah, but that's just what pink is, isn't it? And then you sit there and go, no, that's not what pink is. You know, if you try to describe pink and people just keep saying it's bright, minus the green out of that, it turns quite brown. Okay. Okay. So that's how color blindness works for me. You know, what? I do have a friend who's actually color blind to red. Wow. Um, but so he, you guys he, playing uh, like Mario and Luigi games would just be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> fucking nightmare, exactly. Um, but his is quite unique, is that he can't actually see red um, on white. The contrast his brain doesn't read. So if ah. you write on red pen on white paper, or in red pen on white paper, he literally cannot see it. It's like invisible. Wow. He just it's a blank piece of paper. Because his mind, his brain, his retina literally does not pick up on the contrast. So I, if I um, had a white piece of paper and drew green on it, what would you see? Um, I would struggle to see it. I okay. would see it, but it would be very difficult. It depends what... Uh, yeah. If I'm honest, I haven't tried. Um, but it just, <laughs> it just... Imagine going onto Photoshop and just taking off the green. Go onto the like, colour contrast thing. Take off the green. Okay, and that's what I see. It changes all the colours. Wow. Because I can't see the green. Um, so decorating's a nightmare. Um, I literally cannot decorate like myself. I can obviously paint. I just can't choose to paint because I see completely different colours. Whatever colour I feel is good is usually quite luminescent to other people. So like very strong reds, oranges and yellows look quite dull to me because it doesn't have the green tones in it. Um, yeah. So it to me it doesn't really impact me because... You know, I just see as I've always seen like this. Yeah, it's not you like can, I you can still see. You know, like exactly. It's not like I went colorblind. You know, I was born with it. So it's not until someone says to you, "You're colorblind," do you actually see it and go, "Oh shit, okay, cool." Yeah. Um, but yeah. But that's why this I is an know. audio podcast. Is because if so it was video, Dave would feel very self-conscious about the fact that he's not seeing what everyone else is seeing, and that would. Yeah. When people say, "Oh yeah, it doesn't don't these graphics look good?" A little bit shit, if I'm honest quite muted <laughs> quite muted well we added more greens to it that's probably why <laughs> everything looks quite grey <laughs> Talk, talking of which yeah The Last of Us is going to be you know I, I mask it quite well mm-hmm. you know I say well, you, because I've learned to know brain. what green might look like this is it if it were I've actually game. learned to know what the, the kind that add in falsehoods yeah, I mean, on a computer screen it's quite easy like you can adjust the hue and stuff so that I can actually see what colours are sure. um, but obviously on a television screen it's a bit harder yeah you do mask it very well like if I hadn't have even mentioned it people would maybe never have even known you might, may it. never have even let on once in your entire life that exactly. you actually couldn't see green at all precisely at all but this is it until you ask nobody knows it's a hidden disability, Gov. Wow. <sighs> Powerful, that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, in regards to affecting my life negatively, it hasn't until I start choosing shirts or anything I wear on my own. Um, or if I decide to paint a room and my wife trusts me. And then obviously that would be very negative because everyone else would look at me as if I'm mental because my house would be luminescent green or True. like yellow or orange. And they were like, God, these walls clash. But I'll sit there in a haven, 
because I'll look around and be like, look how great this looks. And everyone else's face is like squinting because it's so fucking bright. <laughs> so it's, it's almost not a disability. It's like, it's just an ability <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah. I've just got an afflict, you know, I've just got an absolute attraction to super bright colours. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And it's true. Yeah. And true. Completely verified. It's time for the news. Uh, There's been a decent little chunk of news this past few weeks. Uh, I'm going to start off with the Nintendo Direct, which was a week ago today. Yes, I heard about this um, from the children I work with who said to me, are you going to watch it? And I was like, oh, I I didn't know there was one. Uh, and then they said, oh, yeah, it's on tonight at three o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, well, that's a no then, isn't it? I said, because um, we go to school. You've got and your little was, insiders there, though. I know. There are, but then they all try to lie to say, oh, yeah, I won't watch it. Uh, no, I didn't say I was going to watch it. I said I was going to record it. I was, I was going to watch it on the way in to school. And literally on that Friday, they all came in like zombies. So I was like, oh, fuck it. Are kids really that into Nintendo stuff? <laughs> Some of our kids are. There's a gang of them. There's about six of them. They're super Nintendo nerds. <laughs> so, yeah, they did generally stay up to like three in the morning watching that shit. Well, I can't say anything anyway, that was literally can... me when I was in high school. I was about to say, I'm not even judging, but I I, I now have um, responsibilities and I, I, I actually do rank sleep higher than most things. So... Um, when they say, do you, did you watch it? I'm like, no, I'll just catch up. But I, f- I reckon that's the age that we're in now. I'd rather watch a YouTube video of someone summarising it than watch the whole thing myself. There's no video of someone summarising it. There's, someone, there's a video of somebody watching it. And yeah, be there's like... video, yeah, as I said, there's video of people fucking reacting. I literally just Googled Nintendo Direct Feb 2019 and there was already five videos on my feed of people reacting to the Nintendo Direct. I like Super Smash Brothers but there's nothing worse than watching people react to a Super Smash Brothers like reveal of a new character there's nothing worse than watching anyone react it shocks me that Gogglebox as a TV show is a thing and how has it gone on for so long it's just people it's so meta if you think about it Gogglebox is a show about us watching people watch people us watching TV about people watching TV and reacting to what's on TV. It's so fucking meta, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. most of the time they're reacting to stuff you haven't even seen, because you can't watch all the TV that's on Gogglebox. Precisely. Because you don't know what's going rea- Or they're reacting to something which is about to be shown. So they get previews of, like, say, next week's television. And so they, they don't show spoilers, but they show the reactions to the spoilers. And you just go, but that's... Oh. <sighs> Anyway, what was uh, shown on the Nintendo Direct? I'm not going to watch a React video. Uh, I've got a well, I've got a list here. We're not going to read out everything on the list. I'm going to hit the, the big points. Uh, the first thing they showed on the Direct was Super Mario Maker 2, which a lot of people okay. are excited about. I never played the original. It's not really my thing. Um, mm. But I guess some people are pretty excited by that. Did you ever play it, Dave? I never played Super Mario Maker. Um, I've seen a lot of it. Uh, so there's a couple of YouTubers that I watch and I was interested to see what it's like but again it's just one of those things unless you're good at it it doesn't ever feel like 
it just feels like you're it feels like a chore yeah almost you know oh look I'm making great levels I actually I'd rather just play these amazing outstanding levels that some genius made <laughs> yeah and then you just go oh what he's seven oh fantastic <laughs> <laughs> added bonus for Nintendo though is the original Super Mario Maker came out on Wii U which nobody bought so now they get precisely bunch of so when they this. say yeah so when they say oh yeah you got the sequel they sit there and go what sequel <laughs> don't you mean the first game <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else? Uh, free update for Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Sorry, what? Which added co-op. <laughs> what the fuck is the Captain Toad Treasure Tracker when it's at home? It's a puzzle game, game starring oh, Captain yeah. Toad. That actually sounds amazing. I do love Toad. Well, there you go. Buy that now, Dave. Buy a Switch, then buy that. Yeah. Uh, Box Boy and Box Girl, which I guess is the sequel to Box Boy, which I had never heard of but looks really cool. Nice. Uh, sum sum. Do you know what a sum sum is? No. It's like a little Disney bean that's plush. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you now. Yes. I, I own a few sum sums. I guess they're I do own like some a... sum sums actually. There's one staring at me. It's a Captain America sum sum. Ah, oh, nice, nice. Uh, yeah. They're making a sort of party game with a ton of Disney sum sums in. Nice. That has very specific appeal to me because I like <laughs> I like cute sausage sausage characters did you say sausage I did say sausage I was meant to say sushi roll okay. <laughs> uh, they released a demo for Yoshi's Crafted World nice okay, I guess it's a Yoshi game uh, they released for free Tetris 99 which is a Tetris Battle Royale oh <sighs> You can't have a Tetris Battle Royale. You can't wrap your head around that. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's out. It's been out for like a week. There's footage out there, Dave, of a Tetris Battle Royale. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking googling this Tetris. Carry on, Tetris Nine Nine. <laughs> I, I need to fucking know what this Battle Royale shit is. You really do. Uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. I think that's how yeah. you pronounce it. Yeah, uh, Senua's Sacrifice. All awardy and won loads of awards. And stuff. Uh, so that's cool if you only own a Switch. Um, Damon X Machina. Is that the mech game or is that the newer game? Well, there's one game by Platinum who make yes. Bayonetta and stuff. Who, yeah, Bayonetta and shit. Yeah. Uh, I think that's theirs. It looks very anime, very. Very Platinum games. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was say, you can't really go wrong with just saying that because they've got a very unique style. Yeah. Oh, wait. Fucking hell. Is this, this is literally... Sorry, I'm just literally just going back to the Tetris Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a seizure. Yeah. I'm literally watching one person play Tetris and then around him there are 99 other people and screens that keep on flashing up when when they fail. So yeah. literally, it's like a survival of the fittest. It's a battle royale. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a battle royale, but you don't like. It's not. There's no attacking. It's literally just your versus ninety nine other people. From what I understand, if you like complete a row, you're attacking another player, and you can use the right stick to sort of decide. What oh, I kind see now. Yeah, you're making. Yeah, he's got this little uh, cursor now, and he keeps on, he keeps on choosing what person he's 
aiming at his attacker. Yeah, there you go. This is actually pretty cool. Iron. And it's I'll completely it free, so... Yeah, that's really good. That is cool. Oh, no, Astral Chain is the Platinum Games one. Damon okay. X Machina is some mech thing that looks average. <laughs> <laughs> but Astral Chain has, you know, hentai uh, actually, yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Uh, and then the final thing, which is probably the biggest thing, is uh, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. They're remaking it for Switch. Oh. The old Game Boy Classic. I was going to say, is this the one that I'm thinking of? Probably. Oh, that looks <laughs> epic. Yeah, they redid the whole art style. It looks like something that could exist in front of you on a table. It, oh, like, that looks, looks like beautiful. it's made out of clay or something. Yes, yeah. It looks like yeah, like you said, it looks like they're literally playing with um like handmade claim figurines. Yeah. It looks fantastic. And the fact that it's out on Switch as well, this is normally the kind of shit that would just get thrown onto the three DS and they'd be like, Oh, this is coming out at some fucking point, whatever. But there's oh, no, gonna be a new Zelda game out this year when you think about yeah. it. Pretty cool, Nintendo. Pretty yeah, cool. it's like um it's almost like uprated Game Boy graphics. And but you sit there and just go, um, it's got a really nice art style. That's lovely. Yeah, uh, that is a game that I will actually play. Yeah, that's a game that I'd be <laughs> jealous of, if I'm honest. Oh, if only you knew somebody with a Switch that was going to play it. And oh, that's safe. And being in your face all the time, every single time that we do, say for example, a bi a bi weekly podcast where you can tell me how great it is. <laughs> That's me, a dickhead. That sounds good. That does sound good. Good direct. It it sounds like these directs are quite literally done like they should do. We're just going to tell you what's coming out in the next couple of months. Pretty much. I mean, there's a lot of chaff. There's a lot of, here's five minutes of another Japanese RPG. And there's a lot of that. Yeah, I think this is why I don't... And it, I think it's the same why I don't watch much E3 anymore. Like, I still try to watch, like, the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, when they do, like, say, an EA... EA do their little conference, and you say, Let's go, but you're just literally going to show us the same stuff that PlayStation showed us yesterday. But yeah. you're going to pretend like it's brand fucking new. Yeah, and some then, of those E3 ones are a bit mature, but... Yeah. I enjoyed like, but then there's ones where you know we've got dancing fucking teddy bears and you know what's the other thing? We'd we'd break dancing flowers. Are you having a stroke? No, I'm not having a stroke. I swear, like I did. I I, I generally googled like the craziest E3 conferences, um, and there was like performances and all sorts of shit on some of the conferences. Um, it's worth a watch. I might send you the link. Anyway, to the next news story. Whilst I carry on having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next news story is a bit of a depressing one. Uh, Activision Blizzard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm glad that we're talking about this, actually. They cut hundreds of jobs despite record revenue. Uh, 800. 800. 800 jobs. jobs. That's 8% of their total employee base. Yeah, in a year where they made more money than they've record, ever made in a year. Yeah, record-breaking um, amount of profit. 
um, and so they cut 800 people and then and then they say and then they say oh yeah next year though we're going to do even more we've got a very busy 2019 coming yeah. up and it's just like yeah but then you've just cut 800 people so those remaining people who are still working for you are going to have to work triply as hard to produce an insane amount of money because obviously all the money in the world is not enough money <laughs> No, I mean, 800 people is only 8% of their workforce. So imagine the amount they can cut next year. Oh, I was about to say, and save even more fucking money when they're not hitting the desired figure. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, right? So the CEOs make the expectations, and then yeah. when the company don't meet them, they have to sack people. But why? I don't understand how they come up with their numbers, because they beat their old sales record... By one hundred million dollars. Yeah. What were you expecting? Fuck it's fucking Blizzard. They've they've got Diablo three and Overwatch. Yeah. That might make them money still. It's not. They are still making money. So um, what's his name? Um, this Robert. So the CEO. Um, this Robert Cottage. Um, he's the CEO of Activision Blizzard. His net worth is $7 billion. Jesus Christ. So he's worth, as a businessman, and all of the assets that he owns, is $7 billion. Because they achieved record-breaking um, values or like profit margins this year, he got $32.7 million as a bonus. What? As a bonus. Ugh. Okay, and that's not on top of his salary of something like 23 million salary that he takes home every year. It's appalling. And you sit there and go, it's ridiculous. And if you compare that to fucking uh, Nintendo, um, whose CEO bloody cut his wages twice. Yeah. When the 3DS didn't do as well and the Wii U didn't do as well as projected, he cut his wage in half to save the business or to um, make up for the shareholders who he promised as CEO, who he promised it would do better. So he gave his money to the shareholders. He gave his own money mm-hmm. and went, no, that's, that's yours. I cover it because he didn't want to cut people from his business. Yeah. And then these lot are like, oh, um, I'm going to take £32.7 million as a bonus to myself because I did so well. Um, But because we didn't meet, I think it was one of our global uh, milestones, we're going to cut 800 people to make up for the loss. Despite the fact that I'm worth $8 or $7 billion. (laughs) He's got so much money that he doesn't know what to do with it. But, you know, he's still is working oh, it's just ridiculous like it's just unbelievable greed yeah um, and I just like you said it's just upsetting but this is what you know these games and most of those people did probably work on Overwatch they probably did work on you know Diablo and you know try to make it as best as it can be and then they just got cut just because the CEO wanted money yeah I mean Activision's really weird recently like Blizzard uh, their whole thing recently has been remember that 
Diablo mobile phone game, which they announced yeah. as like the main event of BlizzCon. Everyone was like, yeah. what the and fuck is this? Just, yeah, and everyone just like, are you fucking joking? What is this? A mobile game with free-to-play fucking aspects to it. And, you know, you're just going to fucking kill us and hope that we're big enough fans of um, Diablo to buy this shit. And they were pretty much on stage going, yeah, because you are. Uh, and just not being super sarcastic. It's yeah. unreal. And you want to think of these companies as not businesses because they make things that you enjoy, you know? Yeah, But exactly. They're being run as businesses, you know? You don't meet your targets, we lay people off. It's, they're trying to make money, even if they're making record-breaking profits for the company. Yeah, because they're making record-breaking profits, okay, the share price drops because that's how the that's how economics works mm-hmm. okay if you make exponential growth like unbelievably fast growth as these game companies have done okay if you make stupidly quick growth it means that you make a lot of money quickly but you can't continue to make that growth because there physically isn't a, there, there physically isn't that much money in the world Mm-hmm. Okay, so you are eventually going to hit an economic ceiling. That's what Activision Blizzard has done. They've hit that economic ceiling. So therefore, to make their stocks worth anything, um, it has to drop. It just has to, <laughs> like you know, because they can't physically make any more money. Like you know, they can't. Their shares can't be worth more money than can be made on that investment. So therefore, those stocks do eventually drop because, you know, bad press, etc. makes it drop quickly. And then bad press like this, because to counteract that, they fired people to make the financial growth again. Mm-hmm. But then that bad press gives the shares go, you know, the shares then go down. So it's just this shit cycle. <laughs> I don't know how they thought that they would continue to make this unbelievable growth and still expect to earn more next year. Yeah. Like, come on, what's going to happen? They're going to say, right, we we need to make a hundred billion dollars profit. <laughs> like, what? It's fucking. Crazy. Did, you, did you just hear that? You need to work. <laughs> what? You need to make how much profit? <laughs> that's, that's a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> But they're like, nope, that's a sales target. Quick, we need to make something that makes us a hundred billion pounds. <laughs> what like sucks as well is that they had this record year in their most cynical fucking year ever. Like mm. Black Ops Three or whatever, Black Ops Four. Take all the single player out. People only want a battle royale, and you're thinking, yeah. fuck you. That's not going up. People just buy it anyway and fucking love it. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, Heroes of the Storm, which is. Their answer to like Dota or League of Legends, ah, cancel the esports. We're not going to update that game anymore. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Diablo? People want a new Diablo? Give them one on mobile phones. Yeah, give them mobile and then be sarcastic and fucking really in their face during the press conference. Yeah. New WoW expansion? Um, Let's make it a bit shit. Let's not put the the effort (laughs) and resources into it that we used to to make people flood back to WoW. Let's just make exactly. it so that people who love WoW are going to be like, eh, you don't need to bother playing this expansion. It's not that great. Like, just this whole year, this should have been their worst performing year in a decade. And they still made it. people un- just un- throwing money. fucking money at them nonstop. Yeah. This is it. Oh, I hate it, Dave. I, I just hate it as well. 
I just um, hate the fact that they're allowed to get away with it. But like I said, there's good companies like Nintendo out there who still want to run a business like a business yeah. rather than like a fucking money pit. Yeah. Anyway. They won't get away with it forever. No, no exactly. It will eventually come around and spank them in the arse. Yeah. Um, but sadly, Activision will just go bust and these millionaires will move to another company. Like, you know, simple as. Is that ain't true? I don't know what is. Right, let's move on. Let's, let's uh-huh. get a bit depressing. Uh, the headline of this story is God of War wins big at DICE Awards 2019. Oh, okay. Of the 23 award categories, God of War won nine of them. Uh, fun fact, it's the next one on my list of games to play. Ooh, maybe we can do a segment about talking about that game, Dave. Yeah, maybe in a couple of months when I actually complete it, because <laughs> I heard it's quite big. <laughs> it can be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so in true me fashion, I'm just going to run down these categories uh, one what, by that one. Is, that is one. Just all the categories. Just I don't, I don't care what it's won or not. I'm I am scared. ready for this. All right, let me just do... I feel a weird burp coming on, so I'm gone. Okay. Uh, oh, nice. That so was that. almost a solid... Right. So these dice awards, uh, as in the developer? <laughs> yep. Right, so they, what, want to just be like, we're still relevant? Um, It says they're held annually by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. Nice. So I guess it's a pretty official thing. Um, yeah. So here are the winners. What a shit acronym. Anyway, carry on. In our Sorry, s- it's acronym is AS. AS. Yes. AS. AIAS. AS. Outstanding achievement in animation goes to Marvel's Spider Man. Nice. Yep. Outstanding achievement in art direction goes to God of War. Outstanding achievement in character. God of War, Kratos. Good. Yeah, obs. Outstanding achievement in original music composition, God of War. God of War? Mm. Mm. I've played music from God of War on this podcast. I knew it was good music before everyone else did. Exactly. We're Fuck. not saying that we're trendsetters. We just are trendsetters. We just can't help ourselves. Yeah, a real trendsetter wouldn't have to say it. Precisely. That's why we didn't. Exactly. Uh, outstanding achievement in sound design. That's God of War again. Yep. Outstanding achievement in story. Can you guess, Dave? Is it God of War? It's God of War. <laughs> no, it's Battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, outstanding technical achievement goes to Red Dead 2. Yep. Boo. I'll give him that. It was an outstanding technical achievement. Like, the map was fucking gargantuan, and the amount of gameplay that you got out of it was really good. Just disappointing overall because everyone had higher expectations. I mean, I guess it is technically an achievement to make me hate a Rockstar game after only three hours. Yeah, exactly. Action Game of the Year goes to Celeste, which, eh, I've not played it. Celeste? Doesn't look like It's like a side scrolling 2D. Not side scrolling. It's like a 2D platformer. Yes, yep, that's where you can, one. like, dash. Yep, yep. Yeah. Just Google it, and I just see the art, and I'm like, yep, know it. <laughs> uh, Adventure Game of the Year, God of War. Wow. Yeah. Family Game of the Year. You've got a family, God of War. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. Uh, but no, it's Unravel 2. Yes, I've heard really good things about this. Um, I kind of wanted my brother to get a PlayStation just so we can play it together. Because it's like one of those really cool puzzle games. I'm sure your wife would enjoy playing it with you as well, Dave. I don't know. She gets very, she gets bored very quickly. Um, like Th- even there's so games. many jokes in there I'm not going to touch. 
<laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, um, fighting game of the year, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, obviously. Yeah, that's fine by me. Uh, actually, oh, Dragon Ball Fighters was last year. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. Mm, no, wait, because yeah. this is about what came out last year. Dragon Ball Fighters should have won. Fuck that. <laughs> I love Smash Bros, but fuck that. Oh. Um, racing game of the year, Forza Horizon 4. So, Xbox finally has a game winning an award. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, Xbox finally has a game on the Game Pass, which has won an award. I bet they're going to spank that fucking everywhere on the Game Pass web, what's the <laughs> web page now. You'll turn on the Xbox and it'll just be a pop-up in the front. This won an yeah, award! No. Buy our thing! Fucking play it! A <laughs> <laughs> uh, role-playing game of the year goes to Monster Hunter World. Yes, I agree. We still haven't completed that. Um, we want to, me and my brother. We. Uh, not the unanimous we. Um... But yeah, really good, really good game. Would highly recommend it, and it's endlessly expansive. They keep on adding new, really cool shit to it, and it kind of makes me hate the game because I thought that I was near the end of it, and then they 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 do something else, and you're just like, oh. But then when I complete it, I'm, I'm going to want to do that because that <laughs> looked really cool. I want to play it, but it's so expensive on PC. It hasn't really gone down in price. Yeah, much. no, it hasn't. Um, it is a lot cheap on console. Oh man. It has gone down in price in console. Oh, but all my friends are on PC. I know. Oh, bastards. Uh, right, okay. Sports game of the year. Mario Tennis Aces. Remember that game? Oh, like this? fucking yes. What an absolute heroic effort from DICE. <laughs> Not to include a single EA sports game in that fucking thing. It is brave. They're sitting there going, Madden, NHL, FIFA, fuck them all. Okay, okay, we're going to go Mario fucking tennis. (laughs) Strategy slash simulation game of the year, Into the Breach, which is a fucking fantastic game. I'm surprised Farming Simulator 18 didn't win that, to be honest. There's always next year. There's always next year. And the year after that. And the year after that. Did you know that Farming Simulator 18 actually has an esports competition? Is it a battle royale? No, it's got esports. Uh, where they, I, I literally, I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to actually see a stream of it. I want to know how do they judge a farming simulator esports competition? Just who, who gives you the most crops? I guess. As I was saying, it must, it must go on for fucking days. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll go. Google it after this. Yeah, I'll get, uh, I'll get onto it. Outstanding achievement in online gameplay. Is Fortnite. Yep. Immersive reality technical achievement goes to Tornandi, which I've never heard of. I've never heard of that. It says Magic Leap, which is like a type of glove you can wear. And Sigaross. Isn't that a band? Sigaross does sound like a band. Fucking hell. I've seen people using a Magic Leap in VR... Because they can like put their middle fingers up, and you're like, "What? How can you do that?" And they like have fingers. It's really creepy. Oh god, that's so weird. Uh, immersive reality game of the year goes to Beat Saber, which I own oh. and have played a lot of, and it's fucking great. Yeah, that does that does look like a um, music simulating game, which I'd be fully into. Proper workout as well. It's really good. Yeah. When I get my own place, I'm gonna play Beat Saber every day and get ripped. I'm just going to get hench. Exactly. You're going to be a cardio beast. <laughs> That's me. Uh, outstanding achievement for an independent game goes to Celeste. 
Maybe I should play Celeste. People really I think like they need to play Celeste. I think they keep telling us it's a good game. They do. Uh, portable game of the year goes to something called Florence, which I don't think I've ever even heard of. No, that is a city in Italy. Oh, yeah. Maybe they figured out a way for you to carry around the city of Florence. <laughs> in your hand. Yeah. And everyone who goes to Florence is like, picks it up. <laughs> And then the final three awards all went to God of War. So this is Outstanding Achievement in Game Design, Outstanding oh, Achievement in Game Direction, and Game of the Year all to God of War. So that's go. fantastic. I'm I'm very much looking forward. You've just hyped me up for God of War now. Not me, mate. It's Dice. That's it. Dice. Dice. Hyping. The hype train is real. So oh, which yeah. of those do you uh, disagree with, Dave? Fucking none of them, if I'm honest. I've forgotten the the last three that you literally just said five seconds ago. <laughs> Apart from Game of the Year, God of War. That's why I like to do these lists, because then the podcast like three and a half hours, and people are like, why is this episode three and a half hours? But then it goes by like that, because I'm so bad at reading lists. Precisely. So, you know. yeah. Just gives us an excuse to put out a dead-long podcast that no one wants to hear. Exactly. All right. These next three stories are all pretty quick don't need to dwell on them too long um the first one is r-rated alien isolation animated series is apparently on the way okay cool netflix uh i don't know there was a thing on here about which company was going to be making it and i've lost it axis animation i don't know what the fuck else they've done um, I don't. I've don't never know. fucking heard of that don't in care. my life. But I guess it will continue the story that was in Alien: Isolation, the game. Yeah, probably. Which is of note. But so did a phone app, didn't it? And everyone hated that. Yeah. Great. Just shit all over the Alien Legacy. I'm all for let's it. Just, let's just see how convoluted the Alien Legacy will become, because <laughs> it got quite convoluted, and everyone started questioning their own existence. Yeah. Right. Well, enough of that. Uh, the Walking Dead's Negan comes to Tekken 7 at the end of this month. Oh, that's going to be good. It's going to cost you about seven quid, it looks like. So, are you going to buy that, Dave? Um, Again, probably just watch it. I'm really shit at fighting games. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, the creators of both Apex Legends and Chappie are up for getting Chappie in the game. Sorry, Chappie? Chappie was a film by Neil Blomkamp about a robot in the slums of Africa who teams up with some rappers. Is this... Did I dream yes, this? this is, no, no, this is happening. <laughs> Could you spell Chappie for me? C-H-A-P-P-I-E Yes! Yes, this is a movie that I was going to see but never did. <laughs> um, yeah, it looked hilarious. Yeah, the, I mean the design of Chappie is very in line with. I was about um, to say that that would fit right in. What's the robot they already have in there, Carl? I've forgotten his name. I, I, I honestly think it's something shit. Um, <laughs> hang on. I'm hoping it's in this new story because it's something seeker. Pathfinder. Pathfinder. There you go. So I told you it was something shit. I thought that was his ability, but then I realised it was his name, and <laughs> I was like, oh god. <laughs> But a chappy um, looks like he would fit right in. He would he would fit right in. Yeah. That yeah, that'd be excellent. 
Right, so... Yeah. Do you want to hear my quick news story? I would love to hear your quick news story, Dave. So, in London... Uh, I'm out. I, Never mind. I, uh, no, <laughs> visited London, visited family, was able to actually get my hands and play a Switch. Oh, I. Yeah. Brother's got a Switch. Um, obviously, we had a few friends around um, on the Saturday evening and decided I just literally bought it up because I was desperate. I'd, I'd been in his house for about two hours just staring at this Switch. <laughs> and so I just casually bought it up. But, yeah, I've never played a Switch. And he's like, fucking what? And uh, lo and behold, he had all the controllers. We started playing Smash. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, it was really good. Really good. Um, just to play Smash again, if I'm honest. I haven't played it much. I played... I think I played Brawl. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really played much. I think I've, uh, you know, dabbled in the others. <laughs> Um, but Brawl was the last one that I actually fully played and committed to because again I was living at home and um, had the right console um, but yeah this one was nice I, I, I didn't hate it but like you said before in your previous like mini review of it it just feels a bit you're just not on at, on on the edge of your seat as much as you were in Melee yeah. um, everyone does feel neutral again Yes. Like, definitely. you know, um, I favoured a lot of characters. Like, you know, um, so I usually use Captain Falcon. Um, but this time I was like, you know what, I'm going to try someone that I've never really used before. So I started using Cloud. I liked Cloud. And then I started using Little Mac. And then that's where my favourite came in. I was just like, my brother was just like, Little Mac is shit. And I beat them all with him. <laughs> And then it was just like, maybe he's not that shit. I was just like, for some reason, it just it just resonated. His fighting style just resonated with what I wanted to do, which was run around, smash A, and A actually did something. <laughs> wow. This, this should have been the first news story, Dave. Front page news. Dave Front page news. Says, I've actually played the Switch. And, says and Little Mac is good. Little Mac shit. is good and not shit. Um, no, really enjoyed it. And again, I think it, it, it just harks me back to when we all used to sit in a very small bedroom playing the GameCube and just smashing Super Smash Bros. Melee um, for hours on end. But yeah, it's very nice. But like, I, like we said before and countless times, when you've got all those people in a game, balancing is going to be a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And then therefore, like... And I felt like... So old characters, so when... Like Mewtwo was one of the so the whole reason why we were playing it is because my brother said, "Oh, I still haven't unlocked all the characters." So whilst we're doing these skirmishes, we you know challenges will come up. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that sounds good." So we we did it um, for about two hours until <laughs> the last fifteen characters were released and unlocked. Um, but towards the end, yeah, we were unlocking characters like a Mewtwo, and um, who was the other one? Ryu like mm-hmm. random like because they it is on a random basis but like so Mewtwo even someone that I was like oh god he packs a punch I remember him being like Omega in Melee um, and then he was a bit lacklustre as well because again he's just kind of been nerfed so that he can be balanced compared to everyone else's speed and movement yeah. etc so again like you said I think that's what it comes down to um, that's why it feels a bit flat because I feel like everyone is kind of on the same level, which it shouldn't be that obvious, you know. Sure. 
but yeah like I said I enjoyed it and again he said to me he was because I stayed round in the morning he was like oh do you want to um, do you want to play a bit of Mario and I was like mate if I start playing Mario you're not you know I'm <laughs> I'm here for a week until I complete it yeah. like you know, it, 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 no good for you man it's like he was offering you drugs I don't I'm gonna, yeah <laughs> I'm not gonna because I will just go and buy a Switch I'll just smash it on a credit card or something. I'll spend money that I don't have just so I can start continue playing Mario and Zelda. <laughs> I mean, you should. But do yeah, that. not... if you it's didn't def- have a, a PlayStation Four, I would say you'd do that. But you've yeah. got enough stuff to play. I got my PlayStation, but yeah, I thought I'd just say that. Just quick snippet. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, good go. chat. Right, good. good. Uh, our second to last story. Uh, yeah, maybe the best headline you'll hear for the rest of your life. Depressing Fortnite Live Festival left children in tears and parents <laughs> yes. demanding refunds. Yes, this was great. Um, Rob sent us this, didn't he? He on did. The, yeah. Oh, what a fucking great. Um, if 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 those of you who don't know this, I fully encourage you to go on. Just Google it. There, there's plenty of newspapers who have actually covered it. Um, but it was great. Just to give you the snippets, it was. Um, it was pretty much a a a fair, a travelling fair. Yeah. Um, but they just branded it Fortnite and charged people like twenty quid a ticket, and they bought them, <laughs> expecting yep. Fortnite-themed adventure activities. But they were just the bog standard fair rides, but with just Fortnite decals written all over it. So it was like instead of just. Um, Instead of recording it like a um, pumpkin, no, sorry, a coconut smash, they were like, uh, test your accuracy at the shooting range. <laughs> and it was just like, no, I just have to throw balls at coconuts, like at any fair. And then instead of it being a um, bouncy castle, it was like, um, uh, feel what the airdrop is at this new amazing thing. It's just a bouncy castle, um, you know, and, and oh, they did have a um, they had the cafe. What was the cafe called? Uh, I'm looking for it now. The Dusty Diner. There we go. The Dusty Diner. And then everyone said it was just um, it was just um five, five um, cafe ladies serving tea, coffee, and hot chocolate that all tasted the same. <laughs> and and an array of um sausage rolls and sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. I I think. The best descriptions of how terrible this event was come from Justine Peterson from Bradwell North. <laughs> yes, yes, great. Okay, so Justine said the following about these uh, attractions. Uh, there was a climbing wall that could only fit about four kids on it. <laughs> so that's one thing. Bear in mind, this was a Fortnite event, so thousands of people went. And they were all thousands. charged like 40 quid okay. each to get in. Thousands of people went. And the great thing was, yeah, the pricing. You had to pay £20 for a ticket if you're an adult. And then they charged you uh, for a wristband to get on all the rides. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Or it's you not... could buy tokens. So it was literally like a fucking travelling fair. Yeah, it's like, not even you know. affiliated with Fortnite. They just no. put the sign up. Okay. <laughs> um... Another attraction was the cave experience. Yes. Uh, Pauline says, It was some sort of truck with a tarpaulin <laughs> over the sides. 
that they had stuck grey plastic slide on the back. And it didn't it, slide. It wasn't even slippery. The kids were using their arms to push themselves down it. In front of that, there was a merchandise stall. There were baseball caps with cannabis leaf logos on them. What? Obviously prevalent in Fortnite. <laughs> Fucking, you can't escape the cannabis in Fortnite. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, then, obviously, her description... They couldn't even of... be bothered to buy Fortnite fucking, you know, t-shirts. <laughs> they yeah. just, just fucking bought anything and sold it. Uh, this was her description of the Dusty Diner. It was two or three tables and a couple of ladies with tea urns and they had three or four cakes in front of them. Fucking hell. Two or three fucking tables? Legends. Absolute legends. Talk about capitalising on the fad. You know. I, oh man, I'm I'm pretty sure they're gonna get the shit suit out of him for this. I don't know because if they've done it correctly, so simply like when it comes to like um, EA, like so Fortnite being able to sue them, if they just simply put um, quotation marks around Fortnite, mm-hmm. that's that's a small of edit that they needed to do to make this not affiliated to Fortnite the brand at all. Yeah. And just using a quotation of Fortnite. If they used none of the, um, if they used like for like um, advertising. So if they used a font which was similar but not the same. <laughs> if they used a, uh, you know, a bog standard gun that kind of looks like a gun from Fortnite. All they had to do was use similar colours and you know bog standard man holding a gun <laughs> in their advertising, and they've got away with it. It's got free. But they didn't. As long as oh god, they might get sued. But it's just fucking hilarious that they've just capitalised on it, and it's just hilarious that thousands of people went to it. Thousands. Thousands. (laughs) All because of the word (laughs) Fortnite. Like we should change the name of this podcast to the the Fortnite Game Central podcast. Oh, we should. We definitely should. Let's not though, please. Just imagine how I, many I can't kids... handle that much fame from children. I know. Yeah, exactly. It is children, though. Mm. Uh, no, my it is uh, my nephew, back... right? Yeah. He plays FIFA. Yep. And he has an Ultimate Team team. Of course he does, yeah. And the name of his team is Ninja FC. Oh, of course it is. Ninja's just the Fortnite streamer. He's not even used his own name in <laughs> the name of his team. It's, oh. I'm just so stop. sad. Yeah, this is it. Stop being a thing. Well, let's end. Yeah, I do with Google. Let's yeah, end on a Google. nicer note. Yeah. Um, government tells Carlton from the Fresh Prince dance can't yep. be copyrighted. No, yeah, there was a massive um, there was a massive YouTube video that I watched. It was from the game theorists, mm-hmm. and they went through um, all the Fortnite dances because there was a massive lawsuit, wasn't there? Of um. Yeah, it was Carlton, the Backpad Kid. Carlton, the Backpack Kid. Um, Some fucker else, I don't know. Everyone's names. There was about five or six different people who um, joined this lawsuit um, because they said it's that their dance moves, um, you know, Fortnite never asked their permission to use it. Um, And then everyone was like, well, sadly, dance can't be copyrighted unless it's a like-for-like combination of body movements or gestures um, 
What does that mean? <laughs> well, this is it. They said body moves or gestures. So it would be body moves or like hand signs or the way that you're holding and facial expressions could be claimed as part of the dance and then they could be copyrighted. The only way that they can be copyrighted if it was part of a play, part of a ballet, part of a dance ensemble, so say, I don't know, um, diversity, do a dance. They right. can copyright that because they created it. Um, same with like pop bands like Backstreet Boys. That that choreography is copyrighted. Okay. Um, but it has to tick like 12 boxes for it to be copyrightable. And so they said is that this video went through all of the dances and they said there was only two which could be copyrighted and it's the orange I can't remember what it's called I want to say Orange Crush but that's an OEM song um, it could be that I don't know I'm not fuck it it doesn't matter so it's the Turk dance from um, from Scrubs because they copy that and I think that's a default emote the that you Turk see da- oh right yeah 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 do you remember it um he claps at the start and then starts doing that dance. Like, that can be copyrighted, they said, because that is like for like. It lasts a specific amount of time and it uses all of the hand gestures, um, dance moves um, to the exact timings, everything. So they said that's the only one. And then I think it's like I said, the orange, the fat kid does that dance. Um, that can also be copyrighted. But they said flossing the Carlton dance, etc., cannot be copyrighted because it doesn't hit the criteria. Okay, well, there you go. No so, money yeah. for Carlton, no money for a kid. No money for Carlton, and no money for Backpack Kid. Sorry, dudes. I'm not, not sorry. Fuck him. I'm not sorry at all because they're fucking millionaires. Is the Backpack Kid okay. a millionaire? He invented yeah. flossing, but I don't think he makes money off it. He didn't. He didn't invent flossing. He even admits it. What? Carlton didn't invent the Carlton dance. He admitted in a um, in a interview he did when the French Prince Belair was um, popular that he had stolen the dance from a crew member. Oh no! There goes all your money, Carlton. And then the backpack kid also never claimed that um, he made that dance up. He just claimed that he made it famous. Right. But it was his mum, who is also his manager, who keeps going. No, no, no. He made it up. You know, and she tried to um, copyright strike and take down all the videos on YouTube of that interview that he that he did, where he admitted that he didn't invent it. <laughs> there was also an interview where somebody asked him, like, "Oh, how do you feel about them putting uh, your dance in the game?" And he was like, "Oh, I think it's great. I just like that it's in the game. I don't want any money for it." Yeah, exactly. He actually <laughs> he actually says that word for word. Yeah. Um. Silly. But yeah. Oh well, Dave. Yeah, that's we... what I said. So that's the news. Um, we've got a couple of um, games to talk about next, haven't we? Do we? Well, when you say a couple, I know we're going to talk well, about The Last of Us. Uh, we've got some music coming up from the game next, followed by me and Dave discussing the games in big spoilery detail. Uh, but what about after that? Have you actually played anything else? Because I don't think I have. I was going to briefly chat about Apex Legends, but it depends how long we talk about um, Last of Us. So we might keep that for another day. Well, not to peel back the curtain, but it's quarter to ten, and exactly. I actually have work tomorrow, unlike some of us. So, let's just say, we're going to talk about The Last of Us, we're going to listen to some music, and then we're going to call that a wrap. Yep, so if you don't want to be spoiled on The Last of Us, 
Perfectly fine. Tune out now. And That's we'll... fine. Now, I would also say, Ooh, we well, come on, guys. It's been like, you six know. Six years. It's been six years. But I have literally only recently played this. So if you are still, and I'm going to say this from experience, if you are still one of those people who have not bought a PlayStation, who have who have not played The Last of Us and are planning to, then gracefully, and we, we are fine with this, gracefully just go to bed. Or turn off this podcast and save yourself because it is an experience worth waiting for. Yeah, nobody is more cautious of spoilers than I am. So please mm-hmm. don't think to yourself, "Ah, oh, maybe they'll talk around." No, no, we're we're gonna no. go deep. We're gonna yeah. put a glove on our fingers and reach okay, up inside gonna... the Last of Us as far as we can go to stimulate the game's prostate equivalent. I'm hitting that stomach. That's how far. <laughs> <I'm going>. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. so if you are tapping out now thank you for listening but if you're not stay tuned for some music from The Last of Us followed by an in-depth discussion of The Last of Us
The Last of Us, a game that came out in 2013. Uh, too much yep. fanfare, but it was a PlayStation exclusive. Um, I didn't have a PlayStation at the time, uh, so I rented the game, and then I played well, it fucking on... rented? Yeah. Sorry, just flashback. 2013, <laughs> because we could still rent fucking games. I know. Yeah. Those were the days. I rented the game, and then I would stay over at my then-girlfriend's house, and I would go downstairs and play on her dad's PlayStation 3 uh, oh, yeah. after everyone had gone to sleep and before everyone woke up. So I was it was like 1 in the morning until like 5. And that's how I played The Last of Us. Consumed it took me about it. a week. Mm. Um, so I had played it before. Um, but Dave, we were talking last week, and you just casually dropped in the text, oh, I'm just going to play yeah. The Last of Us. I'm just going to play it. Um, and you're playing it for the first time so I decided I would play it as well play it through again, I intended to play it before the next one comes out anyway uh, so I'm pretty fresh on it um, Yeah. but Dave as a newbie to the game uh, I'm curious what did you think of The Last of Us? oh I was it grew on me okay, okay. much like this a is fungus much like a fungus in my brain, um, it grew on me. But I'm gonna like I'm gonna preface this with a um, it it's an old uh, game, okay. And I had recently just the the game I just completed was Red Dead Two, okay. Now I think that's a really important thing uh, because Red Dead Two uh, top graphics, okay. Um, so even I can't dispute that, and I hate the game precisely. So we're saying top graphics, um, movement controls can be a bit janky in Red Dead 2, but when it comes to fighting, it's fluid and it's, you know, I feel like the controls, it's doing everything I expect it to. Okay. Okay? Now you, this is a really good, um, like, activity to do for anyone. Go back and play the games that you thought were excellent, and then you'll start finding issues with them. Right. And then you'll start being like, "Oh shit, this is that. This doesn't play as good as I remember it playing." Um, so for me, it kind of it started off quite no, not 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 badly. I'm not going to say it started off badly. Okay, I think because I'd heard so much about the game, mm-hmm. if I went into this game blind, I don't think I would have been affected by it. But because I went into this game with expectation and I knew what it was going to be like ish okay um i kind of went in with a little bit of expectation so it started off quite slowly right and i think that kind of annoyed me at first well um, i mean i'm just going to put this out there the first okay. like 10 15 minutes aren't slow no the best openings no, to no, any no, video just, yeah no I'm, I'm saying is that it opened great and then the first like two or three missions right, right. i'm talking about learning the game mechanics learning okay. um the fighting mechanics learning the sneaking mechanics getting annoyed with the game um <laughs> figuring out like oh fuck it's one of these puzzles again just getting fucking like bored right. a little bit where you sit there and go oh i don't want to go into the water oh i can't be fucked with this i'm so fed up um, but then I literally something just changed literally overnight I was just like I, I kind of started craving it you know and I was playing uh, playing a bit of Xbox with my friends online and just going I could be playing The Last of Us <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to know what happens like and I knew story aspect wise I kind of knew where it was going oh really I knew the start I knew the start and through um, the fact that about two years ago I started watching 
a YouTube channel called PlayStation Access, mm-hmm. and they do like these top ten videos every single week, and they had mentioned like some of the best endings. And I was just like, I'm never going to get a PlayStation. Yeah. At this point, I was resolute. And I was like, I'm never going to fucking play it. So when they were like, oh, spoilers for The Last of Us, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> okay? So I kind of knew the ending. But that didn't matter to me. Because actually, genuinely, until I've just completed it today, I'd forgotten what had happened. <laughs> okay? Right. Or not forgotten, just didn't, didn't pay much attention to it. Okay, so I I I kind of knew subconsciously how this story was going to end, but it didn't matter to me because I was just enjoying the journey that I was on. And there was a part of me that I had completely forgotten until I got into the hospital and I went, "Oh shit, I remember this." <laughs> that was the that was the time when I'd already kind of discovered what was happening. Uh-huh. That was when I spoiled it for myself. But so it, I didn't really spoil anything for myself. Um, it's really good. I'm just going to put it out there. First of all, like my first couple of experiences is that um, I'm just going to admit downright the combat in this game at first sucks shit. <laughs> yes, when you don't have the options, no, that you just have combat. Later on. This is no. I'm just going to say combat in this game is awful. Oh come okay. on! It's... I'm going to say in the first instance, like, I'm, and I'm not going to give it to the fact of um, oh, it's the it's uh, I'll, actually I'll put it down to a little bit of you know you, you require some upgrades, you require better weapons, okay, and then combat improves. But I'm saying from and I, I'm going to put this solely to what my last point was. I've come from Red Dead. I've come from a polished 2018 game, which right, was like really good, and I've gone back to a 2013 game, and I'm not used to things being clunky. I'm not used to AI being assholes. I'm not used to like almost enemies having a 180 degree turn instant flash kill. Yeah. Um, you know that happens in this game. So in the first couple of um, environments that you like. In, get introduced to the clickers and things like this and I'm sneaking around and then suddenly I'd get insta-kill out of fucking nowhere I was getting very annoyed um, sneaking is was bad uh, combat is shit and you sit there and go god this is going to suck I said, if this is what the game is why is it so good and then <laughs> I got into it and then my mind kind of went back in time to 2013. Mm-hmm. My muscle memory started being a bit better. And I relied less on game mechanics and smooth controller movements and started actually playing the game as it should be played. And then suddenly, I'm loving it. I'm headshotting people with a fucking shotgun. Everything's intense. I'm sneaking up. I'm, I've got the correct you know, pressure on the stick now. <laughs> so I can actually sneak rather than sprinting fucking everywhere. You know, it's just little things like that. Little little like nuances which are only really happen in like older games. Mm-hmm. Um and now they've fixed those bugs, you know, and look my mind like I said it feels like it just went back in time and I just went oh fucking hell now I now I understand how this game is being played because 2013 Dave is playing this game not 2019 Dave right um yeah and then I started loving it but yeah my first instances I was getting really pissed off I was just like how close do I have to be until a, a sneak attack happens and then like, he would just the clicker would turn around and insta kill me or like shooting was just impossible and I didn't get the crafting system and I was just like everything's just really pissing me off and I was almost getting annoyed at myself because you sit there and go this game shouldn't be that hard right but then I started to appreciate um, at first I think they do a really good job 
So I'm going to say first of all, like even for a 2013 game, the graphics in this, and I'm on a shit HD TV. Well, <laughs> uh, it looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, they give you great um, periods where all you do is all they want you to do is just look. Mm-hmm. You know, there's great periods in the game where it just slows down, and then this is where I start appreciating it. I think because I've 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 played a lot of open world games, I've played a lot of. Um, you know, cooperative games, a lot of, say, uh, arcade games. Yeah. I've, I, it's been a while since I've played a story-driven game, and I've really missed it. Where you have those times, and like the narrative drives your gameplay. Um, you know, the maps feel, and the, each level feels vast. Yeah. But there is a very specific route that they want you to go down. Okay, it reminded me at first, like graphically and visual design-wise, of Gears of War. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, waist-high walls everywhere. Waist-high walls everywhere. Like your, your your character, and like you know, he's very gruff, and he's he's a Marcus Phoenix, <laughs> and you know, like you're sneaking around, and sometimes you sit there and just go, actually, I just want to blow this guy's head off. Um, like there's just times and even like that post-apocalyptic kind of sense that you get from the world Mm -hmm. you know something drastic has happened everything's just been dropped and humans have left the world that's exactly what it comes across as and the more it's one of those games as well like i'm never usually a collectible guy i fucking hate it most of the time but because i've got a linear path I, actually, I, I say this, but I hate it in open worlds because I feel that collectibles can literally be anywhere. But when I've got like one or two options to choose from, when it's a linear path, but it gives you an alternative option, what about this door? And you're like, oh, okay then. Yeah. And then you go in there, oh, there's a bit of lore there. Oh, I'll, I'll read that. I felt like I was fully immersing myself in this world again. Um, and yeah, like I said, but I like the third mission. I was like, I was, I was just in. I was like, right, I want to fucking carry this on. <laughs> Everything was just great. Like, you know, genuinely. And I just... It's the only game or... It's a game that completely lives up to the hype. And you I, know, I'm really was, glad to hear that. I was never expecting that. Like, Because at first, like I said, I was fucking dreading it. I, I was just like, oh, I can't fucking get past this really simple sneaking mission. I'm fed up if it's going to force me because this is how I thought it was going to go. I was just like, oh great! Every single time I go into a sewer or a dark corner, these pricks are going to come up, and then they're going to force me to sneak past them because they're never going to give me enough ammo. Mm-hmm. This is never. This is going to be more like a shitty, resi, Resident Evil fucking ripoff, where they're going to be like, oh, it's all about um, inventory management. It's not about actually killing things. And then I was just like, oh, this is really going to piss me off. Um, but as the game progresses, you 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 start looking. You you start learning because the game teaches you where to look for ammo. Mm-hmm. It teaches you where to look for um, like crafting items. It teaches you the uses of molotovs and how they can fucking save your life so easily if you use it well. You know, if you if you throw a molotov to the um, you know the screechers, is it? So the ones that can charge you, who can see. And then the other right, ones yeah, can't yeah. see. So if you burn the ones that can see, and then the ones that can't see will run towards the noise. So one Molotov, I actually killed ten enemies with one Molotov because yeah. they all just ran into the flames. And you sit there and go, this is just great. It's just little clever things like that where you just go, you know, they explain how the mechanic works. Um, 
kind of in a fucking off-handed conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, they can't see. Uh, oh, okay, that's that's fine. But then you start learning how to use that to your advantage. You know, you start. It is a bit of inventory management, but then you start learning what enemies or what weapons work best with what enemies, and then you start prioritizing. If I'm fighting humans, I'm probably going to use the bow and arrow over the shotgun. Um, simply because I can probably take my time with human enemies a lot more than I can with clickers. Mm-hmm. So I want the shotgun for when... So I'm, I'm saving my five ammo in my shotgun for when I inevitably come across a clicker and want to blow its head off. But I'll use my 12 arrows and I'll casually try and fucking snipe... <laughs> a, a human enemy with my bow and arrow for 15 minutes <laughs> um, but yeah I just it it doesn't have a control setup that I was used to yeah. but once I learned how to use the game and play the game combat got better I started to learn when to attack um, people and when to sneak I learned how running away is actually better um sometimes um, but yeah it's just like I, I didn't expect myself to be engulfed in the game I didn't expect myself to care about the characters I didn't expect myself to actually enjoy the cheesiness kind of the story mm-hmm. it's quite um, you know obvious I think but it's done so well that you forgive it um, you know you forgive the dad loses his his daughter when she was about this age he meets a daughter figure and she meets a father figure later on in life he then bonds with her like a father daughter would like you sit there and go well that's an obvious narrative but they do it so well that it works and you forgive it for doing it yeah nothing about the last of us is necessarily original no exactly but the execution is just 10 out of 10 Precisely. 110 out of 100, just absolutely flawless. Like, they never... There was never a part in the game... Actually, there was two parts in the game which I felt irritated and a bit bored. But both of them were puzzles. And the reason why I was irritated and a bit bored, yeah, is because sometimes it's not obvious what you're meant to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one where you had to escape, and this was towards the end. There's a blizzard, isn't there? You you go into like a cannibalistic cult, yeah. where you get captured, and you've got to escape. But there's a blizzard outside, so you use it to your advantage, and you start hiding from people. Now, I love this mission in the first instance because I really enjoyed sneaking around and using noise to your advantage to distract people and then silently killing them because you've got no weapons mm-hmm. and it's just it was it was a good change of pace and I think this is one thing that the game just does excellently each level isn't the same yeah the even puzzles, though there's like there's two types of enemies yeah this is it there's two, like, literally two types of enemies it should get dead dull but. Oh, there's two enemies with three character types. Yeah. So the 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 zombies, let's call them, um, are like you've got a raging zombie which runs at you and it can see. Um, it can see you and responds to light. So if you've got your flashlight on, it will run towards that light and it will scream. So they're more like you've got to react very quickly and kill them fast. Then you've got like the clickers who can't see, 
but react to noise. And again, they move quickly and are one hit kill. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like the tank blong blob things that take about a hundred bullets to hit down. Yeah. Um, but will drop very quickly if you set them alight. So you sit there and go, you know, they're the three enemies on the zombie side, and then you've got the Molotov guys, you've got the shotgun guys, and then you've got the sniper pistol guys on the human side. So you've got like three enemy types, or three classes in two enemy types. And like you said, you expect that to be repeated, and it'd be boring as shit. Every single combat that I'm going to come into is just going to be fucking the same as the last thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not. And I said, I was just amazed at how they changed the pace by giving you ammo for certain guns at, you know, at these stop-off points, which kind of forces your hand to use those guns. Yeah. So like I said, I ignored the bow and arrow. I fucking hated it because it was shit. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't kill anyone with it. Had shit range. He took about a decade to draw the arrow. Didn't feel realistic. I was just like, I can't get this. I just don't understand it. Um, so I just never used it but then it got to a point I think in about the fifth mission where you go into like this Virginian town and they and it's a hunting town so that you literally only have bow and arrows like that's the only ammo that you can pick up is arrows <laughs> so I got forced into using this thing and then suddenly I became a fucking master of it I started to understand the drop mechanic and I started to aim it correctly and I, I was really enjoying the fact that you know the game was kind of silently forcing my hand to use more of the inventory yeah. because you have about by the end of the game you have about eight guns yeah, you have like a flamethrower, you have a yeah. massive revolver with a scope on it. Yeah, and you've got like two shotguns, two pistols, um, a fucking flamethrower, a fucking hunting rifle, um, a bow and arrow. You can make two lots of grenade. You're like a small militia by the end of the game. But each um, of those guns might have like two bullets in each. This is it. You've got to juggle that and... And it's got a maximum capacity of like 12 ammo. Yeah. So you sit there and just go, and he, he actually says, I can't carry any more. And you think about it, well, realistically, he could carry 12 for that 12. So he's got like eight guns, 12 bullets for each. His pockets would be full and his backpack would be full. So actually yeah. that does make sense. Um, so again, like I was saying again about Red Dead, if you think about two weeks ago, it's realistic because the world tells you it's realistic. So I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's not a hindrance to me. But like I said, like each combat, each world, or each battle zone, let's call it, um, where you encounter enemies. Now with the zombies, you can, and actually with the humans, each combat element, you can either choose to sneak past or, you know, go guns blazing. Yeah. Now that all depends on what ammo you've got, really. Well, for um, me, I would always start off trying to be stealthy, fail, always, and then be forced. Always do sneaky. No, but this is it. I think that they do it cleverly as well, because when you do it sneakily, even like, say, if it's a zombie, they screech and they make a noise. Yeah. That distracts an enemy. Humans as well, when you grab a human enemy, before he puts his hand over the guy's mouth, the guy sends out a warning. So he would either scream like, help, or he'll be like, oh! And he will try and draw people to you. And that's exactly what they do. So even if you sneak, kill them and stab them, suddenly people are, are aware that you're around. 
and then they change their pattern and then they start wandering around and looking in corners because they know that you're silently killing people so it kind of forces you into hand-to-hand and face-to-face combat eventually unless you you know are super patient and run around and try to get the drop on them again Mm -hmm. Um, but like you said the game doesn't want you to do that it almost encourages you take out three or four enemies choose the ones that have the biggest ammo or the or the best weapons and then and then fight the rest of them and it it Um, never like we said it never feels dull they always find a way to switch up just enough like there's waves of enemies at you, but you're pushing a car to get it, to get it to start, and you got to manage yeah. pushing the car to reloading your weapons to picking up ammo that the enemies have dropped. Or it's in like that I said, same I think town, it's the, it's the where, clever pace. Like you said, it's it's the clever change of pace every yeah. single time. You know, it's just like you know, depending whether they change the pace by the guns that you're using, they change the pace and the scenario by the task. They change it because they say actually you can sneak. But if you're a bit more attacking and a bit more abrasive, you can get to that secret area and get some more collectibles. And I'm just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to kill them all then. <laughs> um, you know? And it's just like those... That change of pace every single time just keeps the combat so, you know, alive and so original. When you sit there and you're just like, yes, let's do it again. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the combat's not like the best combat you'll ever play in any game. No, like I said, and I stand by it. I stand by my original comments to say that the combat in this game is is a bit shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you're not always going to hit the guy. Your, 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 what's the name? Your aiming reticle is sometimes, because it's the over-the-shoulder look, it's sometimes very confusing where you're aiming, especially when someone's close to you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, hand-to-hand combat is slow. I feel like the computer counters far too much. Um, and you don't get an option to counter, ever. Um, so it feels like, you know, it is a bit weighted towards the AI. Um, when you're sneaking, and especially when you're sneaking with more than one person, so there's about, I'd say about half the game, you've got two companions mm-hmm. or more with you. So when you're doing the sneaking approach and say I'm approaching an enemy and I go behind this like bookstore counter and then Ellie will just run out in front of the enemy. <laughs> yeah, but they, it hide, doesn't set them off. And then hide point. next to her <laughs> or next to the enemy that I'm trying to get to. Now, although for some reason the AI doesn't react to this, <laughs> she's now a barrier to me to sneak attack that man. Mm-hmm. So I end up or I've had it multiple times when I've gone to sneak onto an enemy and then someone nudges me in the back so my guy just goes I keep forgetting his name Joel 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 just like um, rocks forward <laughs> I'm like <laughs> oh for fuck's sake so yeah it's dated in the AI in both combatants and support people so you know they're not the most cleverest um, the AI is always on like a it's almost on a track constantly. They can sometimes see through walls. They can sometimes shoot through walls. Um, but these are like very small bugs in the game and it doesn't ruin it at all. Yeah. If anything, you just accept it. Sometimes I fully accepted death just so <laughs> that I can try the scenario again mm-hmm. and do it properly. Uh, I just want to point something out. Uh, Joel is a 50-odd-year-old man. Yep. And thus, you know, he's not got the reflexes to dodge. 
But in The Last of Us 2, Ellie can dodge. We've seen it in the gameplay. She's dodging hammers getting thrust at her face and all this kind of shit. I think it's because Joel's a 50-year-old man. I was about to say, his reaction time is probably not as good. Yeah. So, yeah, I can kind of forgive the game then. But I think what I enjoyed about it is that once I started to resource manage and understand the benefits of, say, having a Molotov over having a shiv or things like that, or, like, having a bomb, a um, like a, a shard bomb over having a shiv, sorry. Mm-hmm. So they use, like, similar resources. Or building a insta-kill with a shiv and a bandage rather than a shiv. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean um, onto your melee weapons and thinking actually which one is better which one do I want to use um, once I understood that and once the, because I the game doesn't really hold your hand it allows you to make a shit ton of mistakes and oh, realise yeah. that there are things that can he- help you and there's also things that can massively hinder you um, but yeah once I started to understand that and going well actually like when it got to the bookstore one, um, I remember the I can't remember what mission it is, but you've got a two-story book uh, library, sorry, um, and there's about fifteen human enemies in there, mm-hmm. and obviously the game's like, oh yeah, you can kill some, like it gives you loads of blind spots where you can just sneak attack them, and things like that, and. Um, this was one of the times where Ellie kept nudging me as I was about to sneak attack someone. So I kept on retrying it um, to try and sneak attack people. But then I, I, I got so fed up in the end that I sneaked, you know, I successfully attacked or killed about three or four people quietly. And then I ended up seeing someone in the distance, like throwing a bottle, him walking over to it, and then me just sprinting up like fucking Rambo and just insta killing him with my nail baseball bat. And just feeling like this unbelievable sense of satisfaction because it's still technically a silent kill. No one has reacted around him. And then I've just like pretty much maced this guy in the back of the head and just snuck <laughs> snuck behind the bookcase. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, great, I can actually do this. And at one point, yeah, um, I threw a glass bottle, but obviously I'd done it too many times. So the guy reacted but then turned around and started walking towards me. Mm-hmm. So I hid behind his counter with a shotgun, waiting until he got close enough and then just stood up and shot him <laughs> and just like blew off like his leg or something. Um, and then I just sprinted away and then went round and started a gunfight. But I was just like, you know, there's, there's so many ways in which you can get into... And they all feel natural. It doesn't feel like it's um, programmed to do that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's programmed to be, oh, this is a set piece where, you, what, regardless of what happens, you're going to get into a gunfight. Every single time I got into a gunfight, I knew exactly why I got into a gunfight. You know, yeah. it's either I've been spotted, Ellie's been spotted, um, you know, I killed someone, screamed for help, I just got trapped with like two enemies and I had no choice. I purposely threw a Molotov down, I placed a trap and they set it off. You know, there's always a reason why someone starts a gunfight with you and it just feels natural. It just feels like that's progressive. And the game never punished you. Like, you know, it rewards you for being sneaky. Like, sometimes if you're sneaky, they drop more ammo. But then I found that actually if I'm abrasive and if I'm fully attacking, um, they also drop ammo. So you sit there and go, sometimes the game rewards you for doing certain things in certain ways. But like I said, it's just like it's fully immersive and genuinely scary at some points. Like there was genuine anxiety 
when I was in those sewers and I had maybe one shiv and a yeah. couple of bullets in my shotgun and I was like oh shit I really need to figure this out and then when you know when you walk into a room and there's that fucking generator and you're like oh <laughs> I'm gonna have to fucking start the generator it's gonna make a lot of noise and I'm running I'm sprinting because I've got no fucking ammo yeah. or when I did it the first time and died because I stood still I just went right I want to see what enemies come <laughs> okay and I stood still and when there was about five clickers I went right so all of these are insta kills if they hit me and then there's that big bursting motherfucker as well mm-hmm. um, it doesn't expect me to kill them it does expect me to run away so that's good but I was just like, what's my escape plan? So once I knew what enemies was coming, I was just like, right, with my shotgun, I need to kill two enemies so that I've got a path to the door. <laughs> and I, and that's how I was playing this game. And I think that's how it was intended to be played. Like, you know, you're not meant to, you're meant to puzzle it out. You're meant to figure it out. Um, I said, like I said, I think the only downside was in my first play through or my first instance of the game um it feels a bit clunky it does feel a little bit dated not hugely i'm not saying like it's massively dated i'm just saying like the movement controls are a little bit more clunky than i was used to (laughs) the combat mechanics were a little bit more clunky so aiming the weapons and um changing the weapons is a bit it took a while to get used to um and then i'd say the puzzles some of the puzzles were just a bit oh how fucking unlucky are we to you know it's, it's just that that was the only point in the game where I felt like I was going well this is just bullshit isn't it like you know you're just wasting time give me an example um, well um what was the one that I fucking there was one where you're with the two um survivors um the two brothers yeah um and you go into the sewer and you just happen to go into the all the rest of the sewer is fine Apart from this one bit where I've got to do a swimming challenge now. And I've got to suddenly just go through this convoluted fucking, you know, um, to get convoluted puzzle through these tunnels to get this plank of wood so Ellie can then go and get that. Right, and right. Then, and then he goes over and then him and his brother go over on the trance ball. But then I've got to wait for the ladder to drop and I was just like oh for god's sakes it just feels like you know that's the only time and then there was another puzzle as well and again it's always the water puzzles because I always seem to just I just find it really annoying finding that plank of wood yeah for Ellie to swim on that's it they never pull the trigger on there being a zombie in the water either no, exactly. You always and worry that they're going to... They was fully expecting it. There was a time when you went into um, the city, I forget what one it is, um, and there's a bus under the water. Yeah. And that's where the plank of wood is. And I was like, great, this is where it is. I'm going to get into that... Because I saw the plank of wood, I couldn't see a zombie. So I was like, fine. Then I went up to the surface, and I was looking around, and I was like, right. But this is still murky water. And I saw a pipe, which I couldn't approach because uh, the current I think it was and I was like great as soon as I go and get this plank of wood some sort of zombie mushroom fish is going to come out of that fucking pipe and I'm going to have to wrestle it and it's going to scare the shit out of me but no never happened and so I was just a little bit thankful for that I really hate water in games yeah me too ever since Tomb Raider ever since um, I think it's Tomb Raider 2 
on the PlayStation 1, there was a marine mission where you had to dive and you only had a harpoon. It fired really, really, really slowly. And you're diving down and it kind of encourages you, this mission, to um, touch and look at the fish and there's a whale in the background and you're like, oh, this is amazing. And then you turn around and there's five sharks and they're all coming to kill you. (laughs) And you're like, great, I'm fucked. And most of the time I was. Granted, I was only about 10 when I was playing this game. Scared the shit out of me for life. Don't like water. Don't like underwater in games. Um, But yeah, like I said, I, I couldn't sing the praises enough. I think there's enough um, there's enough change in the story as well. Um, you know, there's enough interaction between Joel and Ellie and the other characters. Like I said, it feels realistic. It feels organic. It feels like this would actually happen. It doesn't feel staged at all, despite the fact all of it is. And like I said, I think the thing that I was amazed about, and I said previously, is that despite the fact that all the levels are linear you feel it's part of a bigger space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the, the care that's gone into every single square inch of every yeah, single yeah. level is fucking mental. Oh, I, I, just thought, I really enjoyed looking. And I said, I've never had a game where I've just enjoyed looking. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, usually those slow bits where they give you a little bit of a monologue before the cutscene... And you sit there and just go, fucking, what's this about? Now, it does it in Red Dead quite a lot. And okay. I was looking around and you go, oh, yeah, this is nice. But I kind of got bored of it. Because it's such an expansive world, you can see everything. So when um, when a cutscene happens or when that slow bit happens in Red Dead, I've already seen that view. Right. So it doesn't really it doesn't really hold that much appeal anymore because I've already seen it. Um, because the open world has allowed me to do that. That's a pro and a con. But in The Last of Us, because most of it is hidden, and because the way that they've done these linear paths, it, it feels organic as well. I don't know how all those cars have piled up on top of each other, <laughs> but it doesn't feel out of place. Right. So I'm just going to accept it. I'm going to accept that somehow in this alleyway there was a pile-up of five cars and that's why I can't go onto the main street. Fine. I'm just going to fucking accept that. Okay? But because it's, like I said, because there's a linear path, when there is an opening or a clearing, you get to see more of this city. You get to see more of this world. And you just appreciate it. You yeah. sit there looking, you just go, God, this is, this is nice. This is a really nice game. <laughs> It all comes together as well, because like that makes the the times when the characters are actually talking to each other. You're like, I actually want to hear what you have to say about this world. This is it's it. incredibly interesting, yeah. like the world they've created. It's like I I know it's quite late in the game actually that you could have these conversations with Ellie. Mm-hmm. So you look at her and you press triangle at certain points, and then he asks her questions. So Joel start asking her questions, and they start having another conversation. So there's a trophy where you get all of them. You unlock all of these hidden conversations. And I was like, I feel like I've missed out so much on just character, (laughs) of just chatting. And although it's just, you know, it's benign chit-chat half the time, you sit there, I kind of want to know what they all are, you know. I'm sure you could YouTube it, to be fair. But again, it's not one of those things where you can just YouTube and experience it, you know. I feel like it's part of the game. 
yeah. it's part of the gaming experience that you had to play it to kind of know it yes I can YouTube it and see all of it uh, but it won't be the same experience of just actually experiencing it first time like that is fantastic but I like those little snippets um, I think I started to notice the conversations when Joel and Ellie's relationship started to actually become more interesting for me mm-hmm. so I don't feel like I missed out on that much of the previous conversations when all they did was bitch and argue um, but yeah like I said everything about it I love the change of pace I love just walking and suddenly looking around and allowing yourself to see the world I love the characters in it they don't seem too eccentric mm-hmm. and too unbelievable like even the fucking cannibal he went he kind of has a point <laughs> you know <laughs> The cannibal, paedophile, horrible sociopath. Yeah. So you knew what he was getting at. Yeah. You know. And again, wasn't forced, was it? It wasn't like, you're the only girl that we've seen in a while. We're going to breed you as a sex slave exactly. so that we can get our fix. He didn't say that explicitly. So there's two ways about it. It's either he wants her to breed because he knows he kept talking about the human race not, not being around much. So, like, women are almost like this prized item. Could be. Um, but also, you've got a sense of he's a sexual deviant. Oh, yeah, so he definitely wants to have sex like, with her. There's no... Yeah. No so, he was, he was one of... Like, but, again, that was done through body language, conversations, you know, cinematography, all of that brought together. Yeah. It didn't throw it in your face. And if, if you see any of the, like, sort of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, every single cutscene in the game is acted out with actors. Like, that's all a performance. It's not computer-animated. It's oh, like, that's so it's, good. It's, they treated it like a movie, basically. It, there's a really good documentary called Grounded. Yeah. Um, which, the entirety of it's on YouTube. Um, I, It's like an hour and a half long, just from them the start to the end of making the game I wholeheartedly recommend that yeah it's fantastic so I not- just like I said I just absolutely loved it and the game grew on me yeah and that's exactly how you would describe this game and I think it's on purpose like they inter- it's, it's like you just said it's like a really good movie like you start off not really giving a shit about these characters or caring um, well, because at the start you, you think, just, oh, zombie apocalypse, I've seen this Yeah, before, I just went, right, like, this is going to be a normal zombie game. And like I said, I think the game also, that first subway scene, when you encounter that small room where you have to get to the other side and then there's a convenient ladder that you have to drag down, mm-hmm. okay? I thought, this is how the game's going to go. It's just going to force me into these tight spaces where I've got no choice but to fight an impossible horde of enemies. They're just going to be normal, shitty zombies, and it's really going to piss me off. But the amount of times that they use that same scenario in the plainest of senses, you know, you start in A point, you've got to get to B point, sneaking around all these different people or killing these people, Mm -hmm. and then you're escaping into the next level zone. But it never feels the same, ever. Yeah. And I said, that is an achievement in itself. That is absolutely amazing. Like you said before, is that the cutscenes, all of the social interactions, all of the interactions with the characters feel organic. All the characters feel less, they don't feel like The Walking Dead. 
like they're just no, overplayed yeah, yeah. they definitely feel like these people would exist all of them have got a purpose they've also got their own little you know mishaps um, and that you kind of forgive them for like even Joel you sit there and go he's a very angry and bitter man but you forgive him for it because he used to have and then Ellie's naivety yeah because she's only grown up in a world which is the shit she never understood what it was like before this and so it was great you know like you said again that's not original or oh, the contrast between, between an old man's views and a young girl's views that's not original <laughs> at all but it still sells they still they do it so well that it just hits the mark and you sit there and go this is fucking incredible and I, 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 the first time like as soon as I completed it I just went I'm just going to go straight into the DLC and the DLC is a little bit mm. dreary at the minute you're not but very I think far I'm gonna, in I'm not very far in but I'm going to come back to it tomorrow I think I might have just played games for too long and my brain is a bit fuzzed <laughs> so I'm going to come back to it tomorrow and then I'm just going to complete it tomorrow but again I'm going to enjoy that because it shows a bit of Ellie's backstory and I, I'm, I'm interested again I'm invested if they sold that to me I'm invested you know I'd buy that shit yeah well Lost of Us 2 coming out mate I can't wait yeah. genuinely well excited because as soon as I completed this I was like I'm buzzing for the second one because I've got a console I can fucking play it I'm buzzing yeah same um, and again the way they say part two because again it, it didn't feel like an end yeah and exactly. I think that's so good and they've done it well but if there like, hadn't so. been a part two it still would have been a satisfying again, story again satisfying so. conclusion yeah. now I did I did I was under the impression that you could choose the ending I was Why? under the impression that there was a there was a there was a choice with that because some people I've heard call it the canon ending the canon ending when where Ellie uh, survives the ordeal I was just like but you're suggesting that there's a choice at the end <laughs> so when there wasn't a choice I was like so why are people talking as if there is one as if I could just give as if Joel meets Miranda in the fucking car park and hands her back yeah <laughs> oh sorry I just killed everyone up there including all the surgeons did you kill the surgeons I just went ham well, I just burnt so everyone the first time I ever played it I think yeah I just killed everyone but man that ending the whole ending bit made me feel sick the first time I ever played it because I yeah. would not make the choice Joel has made and I was kind of I was angry when I, when I first played it because I was like what I'm being forced to sacrifice the human race for this girl Ellie's fucking great yeah but I don't I would never make this choice and it took me a while to realise that it doesn't matter what choice I would make the game's telling me a story it's it's got a massive impact because I'm the one who has to act it out these soldiers didn't do anything wrong they're trying to save yeah. the human race and I'm the most evil man who ever lived I'm a one man army who can kill any amount of people that get in between me and this girl it's not their fault I felt sick acting it out but yeah it's such an amazing game that that didn't play against it see now I agree with you partly um I think I really got into the character's head so I, I really got into Joel's head mm-hmm. um and in a way like I was like cosplaying Joel right like you know sitting there and going right this isn't Dave this isn't his mindset <laughs> he's not playing this game because again Obviously, logic dictates that this girl's brain gets taken out 
okay they chop it up into little bits they take all the little micro bits out of it and then they make a vaccine mm-hmm. okay but then I found an audio recording in uh, one of the offices that I was just fucking raiding and the doctor was saying is that there's a chance in which the vaccine would never be produced so there's a chance that um <laughs> uh, there's a chance that um, this vaccine or that they won't have enough or they they still need to do a lot of testing before they can you know synthesize a vaccine that this sacrifice might not be worth it etc mm-hmm. and then I think what Joel's mindset is is that the world has gone to shit and we've learned to live with this virus like there can still be happiness and there's a there's a there's a value of human life which we still need to respect um it's not about the cure it's just about living with it it's about accepting what cards you've been dealt rather than reverting it back to normal i think there's a part of him that didn't like the world or didn't accept the world as it was and i think the world as it is now is a little bit more simplistic Right. and I think there's a part of him that wants Ellie to experience that because she is naive because she's known nothing more he doesn't want her to experience a world where everything's run by money and that everything is kind of controlled um, you know like he experienced it yeah. I think what he was getting at is that you know um, people died when things when we didn't have this virus okay so what's the difference we can cure um, we can cure the virus um, but the world isn't going to suddenly get better we're not just going to suddenly find world peace and I think that's what his point was is that he he wants Ellie to experience and live rather than like that's more important to him than the cure being made so I was like I was fully behind the mantra as it were and I was like nope no fuckers getting my girl and I just started I even went out my way to you know people that you can sneak past yeah because like I said I had that um, I had that epiphany that I, I I knew that this was end game I hadn't used the flamethrower oh my god Dave <laughs> is this going because where? I was saving it <laughs> because I was saving it for a big boss I was just like fucking they're gonna they're gonna produce some major shit and I'm going to have to kill like 15 fucking infect- infected. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this flamethrower and about 12 shotgun bullets um, in both my shotguns. So I had like 24 ammo with the shotgun. And I was like, well, fuck this. So instead of sneaking past people, I killed a couple of people with like my insta-kill thing. And when they were running at me with their shotguns, I just burnt everyone. <laughs> Kill hell, Dave. <laughs> it was brutal. Um... And yeah, I was just fully in fucking Joel road rage, um, <laughs> and I was just I was just fucking acing everyone with like headshots with my revolver and just blitzing everyone. And then I got the assault rifle, and then suddenly I was just hamming that as well. I was just like gatting everyone. I was just it was just crazy. So when I went in there and saw Ellie on the bed, I just picked up a shotgun, and just killed them all, and then picked him picked her up, and I was like, oh, I'm out of it, right in a bit. I literally just slaughtered everyone. That's one um, way to go. I mean, he was probably the only surviving brain surgeon in the entire of humanity. But, you know, 
well, this is it. Logic dictates that, yes, um, you could do it. But I think because there was... And I think the game does a very good... Um, very good job of giving you like the moralistic haziness neutrality of it all mm-hmm. like you know despite the fact that Ellie is like 13 and she's killing people um, and then that cannibal was just like um, you've killed a lot of my men and then she was like "You, but you didn't give us much of a choice literally it was either we killed them or you killed us and ate us there yeah. was, that was the choice but he was like, oh, yeah, but see it from my point of view. You killed my friends. And then she was like, yeah, but see it from my point of view. You killed my friend. And then they were like, oh, well, fuck you. Um, it does that great job of putting you as the player in like that neutral zone where you're just like, I really don't care about you. And then you start becoming quite selfish, exactly like everyone would be in this sort of post-apocalyptic world. Like, you know, you only think about you and the people that you're close to you don't care who you're killing because you assume straight off the bat that they're going to kill you that's the assumption I don't, and I, see I so you look back at the whole of the game with the context of that ending and you think about it like you know Joel alludes many times to like when they're um, in the car and those people try and run them off the road Joel says yeah. like I, I've been on both sides of this before so yeah. he has been the scumbag who murdered people just for exactly. a fresh pair of shoes, right? So he's done that, and then David, the fucking paedophile psycho, is like yep. this wild man and a little girl being slaughtering my men, and it's like from his point of view, Joel is like this fucking horrendous yeah. supernatural force psycho. of nature. Yeah, and this fucking psycho. All I was doing, me and my crew, we were just picking up dead bodies and eating them, and then you've come along fresh meat and you started killing everyone but he also says when you first meet him we've got a settlement too women and children like you know Joel's gone in there potentially slaughtered everybody you know you know so like from the world's point of view Joel to me is like the most evil man on the planet he took away yeah. the, he's just murdering people left right and centre he used to do it just for material gain I know the world got dark but you know he did do that yeah and now he did it for well he did it for selfish gain even if it wasn't material so he either did it for food or for new clothes he did it for selfish his needs yeah that's all he did it for he didn't I mean, do it for the greater good we literally it. watch him throughout the game torture multiple people horrifically and kill yep. them in terrible ways then he is single-handedly responsible for the murder of like 50 fireflies and yeah. no cure for Easily. the disease that's ravaged the entire planet he's the most evil man that ever lived that's the way I see it and I love that I can see it that way but you also have no, me like convinced it. that what you're yeah. saying is true like this is it I'm saying this is that there is no doubt in my mind that my moralistic choices were not correct yeah there is no doubt in my mind as a person okay that this guy like you just said if if I was a firefly say for example in a different base hearing about this fucking nutter who decided to save a girl rather than humanity I'd lose my shit yeah be like what is going on but the game does such a good job of putting you in the shoes of Joel 
of putting you through all the effort and the bonding that he has with this this girl all of his hardships meeting his brother again realising that his brother has made a settlement and given him hope again yeah that hope changes his mind that hope they're just there as soon as he said because he says to Ellie before they go into the hospital doesn't he he said we can we can not do this we can just go back to the I settlement. think he says we can go home we can live yeah he said we can go like, home he calls it home even though he's settlement. only been there like... we can go back to that home we can go back to that settlement with my brother we can live and he has hope for yeah. a life again. Now, when he was in the big city, he had no hope. Like he had, he had curfews. He had no freedom. And now he's been given the hope. He thinks that living is more important and giving Ellie a life because she's only ever been a donor, really. Yeah. She's only ever been this, this item that everyone's been trading around for years. He wants to give her a life, and well, that's more important to him. But here's the thing, though, right? All the other stuff he did, even this if is you it. don't think yeah. that makes him evil, whatever, that's fine. But the most <laughs> evil thing he does is he lies to Ellie right at the yeah. end. He swears he to her. This is what I was about to say. This is what I was about to say. Oh. Is that he knows, and this is what the fucking genius of the game is, okay? Because he knows that Ellie's decision would be the opposite. Yeah. He knows full well that Ellie would turn around straight away and sacrifice herself Mm -hmm. for the whole of humanity he knows that and I'm pretty sure that that's going to be like the selling point or the story point of part 2 you know it's definitely got to factor in because fucking hell it's got to factor in because he knows that she's she's just completely the most honourable person that he's ever met and he knows that she would have sacrificed herself for everyone. If they had been honest with her in the first place, because Joel's actions wouldn't have changed. Yeah. But we don't know the conversation that Miranda had with Ellie. It's true. You know, we don't know that. We don't know that she doesn't... She didn't know what the sacrifice was. That's true. Because he never... Because all she like when he because tells he her, like, lies to her in a very specific way. He says yeah that they they've got more than one donor, and that they're working that they're not working on a cure anymore because they know it's impossible. Yeah, That's she what just he says rolls over. She doesn't go like no. They took. She, she just go, rolls no, over. And yeah, she just I, rolls over and accepts it. So we don't know that. what Miranda said to her. Because right at the Miranda end, Miranda might have just fucking explained everything to her. Miranda yeah. might have said we're gonna die for the greater good. And that's why, like, right at the end, yeah, she said, swear to me that that's what they told you. Yeah. Swear to me that my sacrifice wasn't, you know, that they didn't need my sacrifice. That's pretty much what she's saying. And he's yeah. like, no, they didn't need your sacrifice. She was willing to sacrifice herself. Yeah. I'm convinced that she knew that she was going to die. But when he swears what he said was true, she's just like, <laughs> okay. As if to she's say, like, like okay, that's what, that's what you're sticking with, so we'll go with that, like... She knows how important it is to him for him to make that unbelievable lie in that scenario. Yeah. Yes. I ain't even thought about that, and I think that's... I would hope that's what happened now. I hope yeah. the beginning of Last of Us 2 starts with like a flashback of Ellie being told as she's prepped for surgery the risks, and Ellie being like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm happy to it's make It's not this. even a risk, a definite... We're taking your brain out of you. Yeah. We are going to euthanise you very calmly we are going to kill you so you're not going to be in any pain you're just going to go to bed and never wake up 
once you are dead, we are taking that brain from you. Yeah. So I'm not ev- going to, like, you know, buzzsaw the fucker out your head <laughs> when you're alive. Okay, we are just going to euthanize you, you're going to be fine, and then you're going to die. Yeah. Are you willing to go ahead? And I hope that that's how it starts. Because, because that's you know, how if, I read it. If you tell her that every horrible thing she's ever experienced, she could prevent for everyone else, she would happily do that because she's an amazing yeah, person true. that we've seen over and over. But I fucking loved it. Literally just loved it. And I said, you know, because I kind of loved being on that different... Because the game doesn't give you a choice. And that's why I was a little bit disappointed when I was hearing that, oh, when you choose to be evil. And I was like, oh, I don't want it to be a choice. Because, you know, I'm always saying, first of all, I'm going to have to play through this game again. (laughs) And be bad. I'm going to have to be good. Um, And then second of all, it kind of takes me out of it because you know I know that choices are meant to put you into the game but this isn't an RPG where choices are beneficial to you Mm -hmm. okay I'm playing as this Joel character I want to do exactly what Joel would do and in that last mission in the in the hospital that's exactly what I did because he was saying I'm coming for you I'm going to do whatever it takes that's exactly what I was doing I was like right fuck it everyone is I'm, I'm gunning for everyone they are dead everyone is dying okay I'm getting rid of all distraction I'm getting rid of all possible combatant or combatant when I'm escaping okay if I kill 52 people here good because I need to save Ellie yeah okay um and I think that that's the genius of the game I'm glad that there wasn't a choice I'm glad that there was no moralistic decision I'm glad it was just fucking do it you're mm-hmm. you're gonna be like you just said. You are number one worst man in the history of men. You're the most evilest man that ever lived. Yeah, and but, they want you to do that. But because um, you've played the game, you completely one thousand percent understand why. Precisely, and that's what that's what the genius yeah. of the game is. You know, it's like one of those. Ah, it's just great. And I said it's it's the same experience and thrill that you get from watching a great movie. And you sit and go, it just combines the two, and it's just amazing. Not only does it look beautiful, once you get used to the combat system and the movement system, it's a very good game to play. Um, You know, the combat never gets boring. The levels never get boring. They change the pace successfully every single time. The puzzles sometimes get irritating, but are not a chore. So I'm going to put that out there. Okay. Despite the fact I got annoyed with them, they weren't a chore. Yeah, they're not know. difficult in a way that you have to put the game down and come back. They're just no in the way. They weren't a chore. They were just in the way. And in you know in about ninety percent of the scenarios, they were understandable mm-hmm. things, obstacles that you would have to get over. Um, some just took longer than necessary. I felt that was it. Um, and like I said, when I have to nitpick that badly. <laughs> to find a negative, you know, you know, the only negatives that I found in this game yet were my my fucking, um, so my fault pretty much for two of them. The fact that I hadn't played the game when it first came out, so it felt clunky because it it's old, mm-hmm. it's old. Okay, it's not the fact that it's a shit game. It just feels a little bit old. It's six years old. It's gonna feel a bit clunky. Okay, all I had to nitpick to find something wrong with the game. But I said overall, it's just an amazing experience that I encourage literally everyone to experience, um, and just fucking love, you know. And I think it's also a genius part, and it shows it shows its impact because they went right. It's six years later, 
and when it releases this game will be like seven years later and we're still going to release a sequel seven years on and it's still going to have such an amazing impact um yeah so Just absolutely loved it so were there any bits any highlights that we've not discussed yet that you want to talk about because there are a few Just that we talked about yet um some of the levels that really stuck out to me like i said there was that um again i can't remember the scenario precisely but you get separated from ellie and i think you're in like a block of flats and again where i spoke about it recently like you know briefly where you where you find that generator mm-hmm. and you're like fuck um that's like the end of that scenario but that whole scenario for me um, because they were all zombies, there were, you know, there were half and half between. Um, it just gave you enough ammo that you could probably survive two skirmishes, mm-hmm. and therefore it encouraged you to sneak around. And that was the one of the most frustrating bits for me, but also the most satisfying because when I did it. The reason I was frustrated is because the enemies would definitely just fuck me up. Yeah. And I was frustrated because you're sitting there going, why can't I just find the fucking door? I just want to find the door to escape this hellhole. And like, you know, they do such a good job, the atmosphere. Like, none of the lights work because the generator's busted. That's why you're here, to fix the generator. You know, the spores are everywhere. So you can't see a fucking thing. You can't use your light because people will react to the light. So you're walking around and you're listening and you're waiting. And then, you know, it's that change of pace. Because right before it, you literally just had a gun battle with about 15 humans. And then you come straight in and it forces you into this sneaky bit. And I was just like, usually I would hate this. But I'm loving it. (laughs) At the time, I'm hating it. But once I complete it, you get such a sense of satisfaction. And you're just like, yeah, this is amazing. Um, I think for me, the um, the Cannibal Town mm-hmm. was like one of my favourite bits as well because I think like the story, the 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 bits that they, the combats that they drag you into, and the set pieces that they drag you into, were just, it just felt more complete compared mm-hmm. to the first ones that you're in because I felt it meant more, um, and I think that's the whole point. You know, in the first instance when you're with like I think his name's Bill isn't it when you're pushing the car yeah um you didn't really have much gravitas attached to it it was great okay but I'm saying is that a human element (laughs) you know are we gonna do I really care if we survive I'm not invested yet yeah you know uh, do I really care if we survive like do I really understand these people's like motivations all I need to do is just escape I'll drive down this road and then I'll find a different town etc um when it got to the like the end of the game I'm now fully invested I'm now playing Joel I am Joel okay and I you know in because it splits between Joel and Ellie and I think that's why I loved it so much is because you had two completely different play styles Mm-hmm. you know with Joel you had all the ammo and you could come in and bust the, bust everyone's heads in but then with Ellie you only had like a handgun a molotov and a shiv and then that's it 
and so you had two two completely different game styles and I love the contrast between it all and having to like change up so drastically <laughs> um, yeah just really enjoyed it great any 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 ones that stuck out for you uh, well, obviously the giraffe scene is beautiful I was going to say that actually the giraffe scene I, just, it, I can't believe I didn't mention it it follows the David bit so it's like she's obviously feeling very down and then the giraffe happens and it's like she gets to recapture that joy she had mm. earlier in the game um, but for me, th- so there's this incredibly tiny moment which p- probably doesn't even bear mentioning but I will um, very near the beginning you've just met up with Ellie and it's raining outside and you're about to sneak no you've just finished yes. sneaking through all the like uh, trenches I guess Yeah. and you're about to go into the city into that slanty um, skyscraper um, you climb up and there's a, I guess it's like a road sign because the bridge has sort of fallen down a bit. Yes. And the rain is hitting it, and there's a very specific sound that the rain is making yes. when it hits it. It sounds perfect, like like it's somehow I'm stood exactly next to a sign that's being hit by rain in real life, right? Yeah. Just a tiny little thing. And I remember, like, I was just going past that bit and I stopped and I was like that sound design is incredible right there and I moved on and I was watching a let's play of two people a a dad and a daughter playing the game and they got to that bit and they just walked right past it and like they didn't get close enough to that sign to play the sound and I remember thinking that's the only place in this entire game that plays that sound is that one sign getting hit specifically by this rainwater yeah and they just went past it they didn't even hear it and it's like that just perfectly exemplifies the sheer attention to detail in this game that Mm. so few games even bother to try they're all too busy trying to be half open world half RPG half fucking conversation matrix in the background where you can talk to every character and have a different relationship with every character The Last of Us is just every inch of it has been specifically handcrafted to be it knew what it wanted to do and like i said it knew the story now the story this is a perfect example that the story doesn't have to be complex it doesn't have to be like red i felt red dead 2 story was just too fucking convoluted Mm -hmm. and you know oh there's about eight or there's about eight or nine different twists in it that's not beneficial to anyone okay this is a story which is simplistic but done well Okay, it allows you because it is so simplistic. It allows you to generate more meaning from it. It doesn't have to spell things out to you. And like you just said, little things actually, like um, when you go into the city, Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. When you go into Salt Lake and there's loads of trees everywhere, and the university, and there's things like cans and flyers and things like that, and it's quite breezy. And then, like you said, it's a little thing that made the world complete. When I'm walking into a grocery store and I knock a sign and then a can falls off the shelf and rolls on the floor. And yeah. it sounds exactly like you want it to sound. Um, it feels exactly like you want it to feel. You know, um, like you said, it's just so immersive. And I think that's why I got such enjoyment from walking. Yeah. Because I wasn't just walking, I was experiencing every single minute detail that they did excellently. And I, yeah, it's just, yeah, wonderful. 
honestly lives up to the hype I was extremely surprised that it lived up to the hype because the hype was huge um, but yeah really glad really glad I actually got to play it and experience it really yeah, really glad I'm glad you got to play it too and it means when The Last of Us 2 comes out we can both play that and probably be very disappointed I don't know that's the way think no I don't it. think they would do it <laughs> Like honestly, from what I've heard, is that you know it's the same with the Uncharted. Is that everyone keeps saying is that um, Naughty Dog does not release a sequel unless they feel they can do it justice. That is a hundred percent true. That's true. And I, I have to despite the fact that people have said is that the Uncharted series does get a little bit boring. Sure. Um, but I think that's because people have done what I'm probably going to do and engulfed the whole series very quickly <laughs> Yeah. rather than engulfing it like it was intended to like one game every two years they just engulfed it one game every week <laughs> for four weeks um, so yeah it can get a bit tiresome and then you notice the similarities in all the games but you know, story-wise, nobody has complained about Uncharted. Everyone has said it's an absolute epic adventure every single time. Yeah, and replaying so, The Last of Us has made me very much wanting to get into it. But man, playing four whole games of that exact same gameplay, shoot a million guys—they're all still running at you, type thing. I'm not sure, especially not with other games to play. I'm not sure when. I think that's it. Time. This is why I've got Uncharted, but I've got God of War. And then I've got Horizon Zero Dawn. Now I might go God of War, Uncharted, Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted Two. Play something else. Oh, that's a good shout. Oh, Does maybe that make sense. Yeah, maybe. So I'll I might, I might like break it. it up so I'm not just absolutely hamming all of them at the same time and trying because I will just get bored. And I think it's the same with this DLC. I mm-hmm. need to take a break because I've just completed that epic end. And now I'm back to the slow-paced, story-driven monologues of the start of the DLC. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I'm, my brain's not ready for this yet. I need to digest what I've just seen. Let me just pause this, quit it out. Right, let me just... Uh, I'll come back to that tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, really, really impressed. And um, yeah. Now really you'll have to do what I did, it again. which is watch the documentary, watch other people playing the game, watch... Like yeah, I'm just gonna, things from Naughty Dog. I'm just gonna engulf Watch. myself in the whole <laughs> uh, six years worth of content of The Last of Us, all the way up to part two. You should, and you should definitely watch the rewatch the gameplay trailer they put out at E3 again, because once you complete the game, it's like I think it's got a different. Yeah, like you said, I'm I'm just picturing that now, like you know, because um, it starts off in a pub, doesn't it? And there's a part of me kind like, of. I, I see why you yeah. would say that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, um, but now that I've got context, I'm sitting there going, oh, is that in the settlement? Oh, oh, who's that then? Who are these people? Where did they meet? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to rewatch it. Uh, and they, uh, just in case anybody is still listening and um, they do want to watch that documentary, it's called Grounded. You can find it on YouTube. I believe it's on Amazon Prime as well if you search for it there. Nice. Uh, but it's just the making of The Last of Us from start to finish. And it just shows you everything that goes into the game. Every every person doing every little job is so passionate and into it that it's just it. It's The Last of Us for me is a special game, probably in my top five that I've ever played. And yeah, replaying it immediately. Like, like thank you, know, you my thank you for you playing it, Dave. Because I 
got to replay it and rediscover how much I loved it as a yeah I think it's one of those games I think it's the same as um, it's a similar feeling for me as when and again not not the same but it's a similar feeling of when I completed Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation 1 mm-hmm. and then the two snakes came out on GameCube and despite the fact I was young and despite the fact actually I first of all thought that this was a new Metal Gear Solid game and not a remake um, replaying the Metal Gear story again just made me fall back in love with it and just going God this is such a good game Um, but yeah I'd, I'd definitely put Last of Us within that category and you're sitting there going in my if I'm going to be honest like in my top 10 I've got Metal Gear Solid 1 and Metal Gear Solid 3 <laughs> um, I really love Metal Gear Solid um, so yeah they're like it's up there and very highly I'd probably say top 5 um, just because it's so immersive like I've, I've never cared so much for a game in such a while and it's but, a yeah. flipping game about zombies Hey, it's a game about fucking mushroom zombies, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not even zombies. It's a game about veg. <laughs> evil, evil. The game should have been called Evil Veg, really. Evil Veg, not The Last of Us. Instead of the Evil, evil veg. Dead. <laughs> All right, I think that'll do it. But anyway, I think we're going to do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Uh, that was a long one, but I hope it was worth it because we were just fanboying over this for the past 20, 45 minutes. About. Yeah, I, I, anyway, I've but been yeah, in a big Last of Us it. hole this past week, and hearing you talking about the game has actually been enjoyable to me. So I hope everyone else enjoyed it as well. Yeah, so, so good. Ooh, but yeah, again, until next time, Gareth. Until um, next time. Until next time, be well and play Last of Us. Again? Ah. Oh. Okay, I will. No, okay, fool's me. <laughs> Alright, mate, see ya. Alright, see you later. Bye. Oh, bye.